Warning, the following content may contain elements that are not suitable for some audiences. Viewer discretion is advised. It's the Taz Show. Everybody hacking. Everybody just wants more with the action. Hip Hop Jones got the music blessing. Better watch out. It's all he's asking. Over like Rover. He keeps it real. He's no joker. Original. He's no poser. No competition. He's the owner. There I'm moving speakers closer because it's time to tune in to the Taz Show. All right, all right, all right, all right. Uh, yo, 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 yo. What up? Turn my mic on. Damn it. Put my mic on. Ah! <laughs> Help me already. Put my Jiminy Crickets, we're good. Welcome to the Taz Show. Smooth open right there. <laughs> Welcome to live radio. You're damn right. And live video streaming. That's what we do every day here on the Taz Show. I'm Taz. Welcome to the show. It's a Thursday edition. Thank you for listening live right now on the Radio.com app. Yes, that's so nice of you. Much appreciated. Maybe you're listening live at TazShow.com. Or you're watching live there. I appreciate that very much. The whole team does. Or maybe you're listening to the audio on demand at play.it or iTunes or TuneIn or Spotify. Or you're watching the video on demand again at TashShow.com, the hub for the Tash Show. Uh, whatever you're doing there, I appreciate it. Much appreciated, as I say. Uh, this will be a packed show. Gonna get into um, some NXT chatter here in a little bit. Uh, probably a little earlier than later, we'll do some NXT chatter. I'm going to get some thoughts about my Mets not only losing again, but making a very stupid trade. Okay, I'll talk about that later on. Uh, Little League World Series. Everybody's talking about Little League World Series. Well, I'm going to talk about it. I have some thoughts and opinions about that. That might piss off everybody. Uh, So I have some thoughts on that, as I said, and I will hit it. You're damn right. I said I will hit it. Uh, What else we got? We got phone calls. We got people calling. We got Facebook Live later on. It's a Thursday edition. The whole team is here. Uh, We have the Lumberjack in the building. The audio producer of the show and the biz dev guy. We have the video uh, producer extraordinaire, uh, the Anthony. He's here. And we have Cowboy uh, handling the call screening. So the whole uh, Tash Show team is here. Uh, No house cleaning today. I will tell you this much, though. If we have a graphics to support the guests for Friday, I'd appreciate that. And 2-1. No, I'm joking. Uh, We're going to have the lovely and vivacious and talented Katie Lindendahl. Yes. Katie Lindendahl will be on the Taz show tomorrow. Look at Anthony. Like a cat he is. Uh, Speaking of cat, wah, wah, there is Katie. That was a really bad cat impersonation. But Katie Lindendahl will be in studio tomorrow. I think we're going to do some kind of a contest giveaway, Uh, Dennis. I don't know if you're familiar with this with katie but uh she did not communicate with you she communicated with me so i think i have to connect her with you correct yeah i will uh i will send her a message well i think once she found out you were single she kind of avoids you now now she comes directly to me i don't so blame her i'm just letting you know she's kind of scared big chunky ginger coming at me not good yes that's what she's thinking i mean if you want to call the show you can do it very simple process kids very easy very easy. Attention hotline fans. All you got to do is dial 866-475-2948. 866-475-2948. Uh, Going to get into uh, some uh, wrestling chatter here right away. Uh, before I do that, I want to give you an update on the uh, Big Bamboozle before Brooklyn, the big special that we're potentially doing. Dennis, what was the percentage that we were at yesterday? Well, are we counting Seth's email? Yes. Yes, you okay. have to. Then I we- mean... 
We are at a whopping 96%. So then we were at 96 yesterday. I would say we're at a 96.5 today. And yes, uh, and this topic is about doing the special, not this Friday, next Friday, not this Friday, next Friday. Not today. And the big, big, big studio that you people have never seen. And where we have special guests, well, you know, Katie's going to be in there, the Mike Johnson, WWE Hall of Famer, good old JR, Jim Ross will be there. So we're going to have a full house next Friday. Okay, hopefully uh, it'll be called, which I'm saying it's called, the Big Bamboozle Before Brooklyn, in the Big Boy Studio. Okay, so that's going to be a big show. Big show, big show. It's going to be fun. All right, so that's uh, that's kind of a house cleaning what I just there, did there, but I did it without the house cleaning effects. I guess it's not as good without the house cleaning feel. I could redo the whole thing if you like. That's probably a no, right? I, I mean, we can if you want to. Oh, you don't care. No. You don't take a stance. I like the music. Oh, really? What do you like about it? Uh, it's just light and airy. It fits, it fits your persona. No one cares. All right, so anyway, so uh, there's uh, been reports out there that um, Vince McMahon, uh, to yours truly's point, my point the other day, that Vince McMahon is upset over um, John Cena, Nakamura, and what happened with that back suplex where John Cena landed on the back of his head. And Nakamura, it was almost a, right on live TV, a, a potentially catastrophic injury, but Cena, thank God, seems to be okay. Uh, and I mentioned out here that I got a funny feeling Vince McMahon will not be happy and was not happy about it and probably got really upset at not only the agent in the match, but definitely Nakamura. Um, well, sure enough, uh, there's reports out there, uh, Sports Illustrated being one of them, reporting that um, there is a little bit of steam uh, coming out of Vince McMahon's ears over this. And some are saying that, I should say, the Sports Illustrated, I, I don't want to quote them directly unless Dennis can, uh, being the biz dev guy, have that article handy. I should have let him know this ahead of time, but I didn't. And if there's any info added that he could pull out as I'm talking about it so I can give, like, quote, I think it was Justin Barrasso, I believe. And I've been uh, I've been interviewed by him from Sports Illustrated. He's a good guy. And I believe he's a reporter. I mean, I know he's a reporter. He's, he's the reporter who uh, mentioned this. I guess he heard reports or whatever. Vince is upset. Uh, so here's the thing. I, you know, I had said to you guys, you know, that Vince would be upset over this because of injuries, you know. And now I just saw a report earlier this morning someplace online. I can't remember where. It was very early. Uh, from the legendary superstar Billy Graham, who I was a huge fan of Billy Graham, you know, when he was wrestling years, years, and years ago. Uh, he was a great heel, just a great performer, a great worker. And, uh, and got to meet Billy a few times during my time in, in uh, the Superstar, I should say, during my time in WWE. Awesome man, awesome guy to talk to, uh, nothing but respect for him. Now, Billy Graham had made some comments about uh, the scuttlebutt out there, about Vince being upset over this, because the reports from, uh, from Sports Illustrated, from Justin Barrasso, I believe, were along the lines of that because John is the fa- seen as the face of the company, Hence why Vince was that upset if he would have been injured, right? Do you, are you finding any of this right now, bro? Yeah, I'm reading the article now. All right, yeah, if you, if you grab that portion of it so I don't misquote this guy. Uh, Justin Barrasso, correct? Yeah. It yeah. said uh, Nakamura dropped Cena on his head during a reverse exploder maneuver near the end of the match. Despite the inherent danger, Cena luckily escaped any serious injury. Yet Nakamura did not escape the wrath of McMahon, who has come to depend on Cena as the face of his company for the past decade. Despite McMahon's anger, which was more in defense of Cena than it was an indictment of Nakamura, he's not lost lost faith in the Japanese superstar. Hold on. 
Now, I agree he has not lost faith in him, hence why he's in the main event at SummerSlam is probably going to be the new WWE champion. Okay? But I'm a little confused on that statement, I have to be honest. Like, he's not upset at Nakamura, but he's upset. He, he was defending John Cena. I don't understand what that means. Um. Like, what, what does that mean? Like, that, 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 that he's writing here. See, because Billy Graham, uh, superstar Billy Graham, took it like, well, Vince was upset because it wasn't just some wrestler who got hurt. And I don't want to miss, I don't want to, I'm just kind of paraphrasing it, so bear with me. What I got, what Billy said, was that he was, ups- that he was saying that Vince was upset because of who Cena is, that he's the face of the company, you know, that he's the one who, uh, that, that, God forbid, this guy got hurt. And what Billy Graham was saying was, hey, Vince, wake up. Cena is not the face of your company anymore. This time is gone. You know, he, he's, he's, he's going bye-bye soon. And I agree with Billy Graham on that. Well, I hear the audio jumping in and out, too. Is everything right here? Because I keep hearing ins and outs. No, we're good. We're good? Right. Okay. It's probably my shitty headphones. So, okay. So, here's the thing. Um... Where I would respectfully disagree with a couple of uh, people I'm misquoting, not quoting, uh, quasi-quoting here. Uh, Billy Graham, like, I have to say, in, I, 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 look, he's worked for Vince for many years and worked for Vince Sr. many years, and I never worked for Vince Sr. That's Vince's dad, for those that don't know, uh, who's no longer with us, uh, and God rest his soul. But I can tell you from experience, like I've mentioned before, out here about Vince McMahon in defense to him, and I will defend Vince McMahon here, only... In my doings with him for just about a decade, dealings with him for just about a decade, and me being injured and me injuring guys, not a lot, but one or two times I did in WWE, and Vince McMahon's reaction to me on both ends, I think I'm pretty well qualified to speak on this, okay? Uh, from direct uh, you know, communication with Vince McMahon himself. Obviously, I know Vince McMahon. Okay, so... I, I mentioned a while back here about Gangrel and myself. My man Gangrel, you guys remember him, he was the man, okay? And I worked with Gangrel, I think it was in Atlanta, I don't remember where the hell it was, it was a Raw or something like that, I know it was a TV. And um, I worked very stiff with Gangrel, we both agreed to work stiff with each other, he worked stiff with me, but we were friends, we got along great. There was no heat, nothing like that, Just worked. we worked very tight against each other. Um, and I ended up giving him like an open hand slap and I hit him in the ear and the side of the head or whatever. I ended up breaking his eardrum, like, badly, you know. It wasn't Atlanta. The report, uh, what happened was Gangrel came to Atlanta with the medical report that showed the office what was wrong with his ear. That's what it was. Where the hell did this injury happen? I don't remember. Okay, and I felt horrible. And then Vince grabbed me. He's like, damn, like he got hot, like really hot at me. Because Gangrel, his eardrum was busted up pretty bad internally. And I think he had to have some kind of a surgery. I can't remember the details. It was a lot of years ago. But Vince was not a happy camper with yours truly. He was pissed at me. I talked to Vince. He goes, look, I can appreciate you working very tight and very snug with guys. And I want you to do that. And that's your style. That's what you should do. Because a lot of these guys are a lot you know, bigger than you or taller than you and all this crap. He goes, you have to do that. I get it. And I'm I'm good with it. But you got, we can't. I don't want people injured. I just don't want, it's not good. And so point is, and when I got hurt, you know, I know he was upset too. And and I wasn't the face of the company. And Gangrel wasn't the face of the company. So I'm just saying right there, I mean, this is not a knock on Superstar Billy Graham. I'm just being honest that, like, I've interacted with Vince and witnessed him get highly upset when guys were injured. And I've seen him as an announcer get upset 
and been in rooms or on his plane <laughs> with, with 13 other people <clears throat> where him hearing of someone getting injured and him being furious because of the safety. He is about the safety. I can't speak on how Vince McMahon was during the 80s uh, and early 90s. I didn't work for Vince. I can't speak on on the late, great Vince McMahon Sr., you know, Vince's dad. I, I, I can't. I can't. I didn't know the man. I can't. I cannot speak on that. But I could tell you this current Vince in modern times, I, 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 I know that he doesn't want anyone hurt on that roster, period. And I really feel it has nothing to do with money, nothing to do with insurance, nothing to do with paying a guy while he's hurt. It has nothing to do with that. I believe, unless I was worked, and I've been, I worked there a long time as a wrestler and announcer, as you guys know, <clears throat> and been in a lot of meetings privately and all that stuff, this man doesn't want people injured. And it don't matter who you are, face of the company or not. That's my professional viewpoint on this. That's why I said what I said the other day after the match with Cena and Nakamura on Wednesday, last Wednesday. That was last Tuesday match, right? Dennis, yeah. So, so I'm not misquoting the Sports Illustrated dude. Like, is this anything else in there that you gr- want to grab that you want to mention, Dennis? Because I'm uh, not. Look- you're looking at it. I'm not. Despite the anger. So then it says, however, if Nakamura makes another mistake on a grand stage, Sports Illustrated learned through the channels close to WWE. Then McMahon will have an entirely different opinion of Nakamura. Oh, yeah. The belt will come off him quick if he does get the belt. And if he doesn't, Nakamura, get the belt, the WWE Championship, at SummerSlam in Brooklyn, it's because of this suplex, because of this bump. I'm telling you that. <laughs> and I don't, I'm don't. i not talking to people behind the scenes of WWE. I don't need sources. I'm telling you from experience. And I promise you, and I'm betting farms on that son bitch. <laughs> if he don't get that title, because they are de-pushing... Big time, gender. And they want to put that title on Nakamura. But if something happens, like if Vince feels something or if they don't do it, it's because of that suplex. I can't say that's a fact if that happens, but uh, I'm willing to bet a lot on that. I'm just telling you, a lot. Um, so look, at, I, like, you know, at the end of the day, I don't think Nakamura wanted to injure John Cena or, or potentially injure him or make it dangerous. I know he didn't, okay? Um, he wouldn't be the successful Nakamura in his career if he was that type of person. I don't know the guy, but I'm just saying, you don't survive this long at the level he's at by being a dickhead in the ring. And that's a dickhead when you try to hurt somebody on purpose. Well, he also apologized immediately after. He Cameras did. caught that. He did, but the apologies are very important, but it's not everything. I'm talking about your performance as a performer. You know what I mean? Like, if you if you have a habit of injuring guys a lot or there's a rumor that you're trying to hurt guys and you're trying to just get you over and you don't give a shit about nobody else, well, that's that's how you don't become as successful as Nakamura has become thus far. No matter if here in America, Japan, wherever it is, that's just the code of the business, you know, the code of the boys. <clears throat> I'm telling you that right now. Um, so, you know, again, uh Nakamura will, well, not again, I have to say this. Nakamura, I feel, will have to alter his style a little bit because now this is what happens, kids. Pay attention closely to me. (laughs) Now what happens is Nakamura has to kind of wrestle a little bit with, and I'm going to use a drastic term, 
has to wrestle a little bit uh, with a gun to his head where he's a little bit under the gun. And I've been in this position where you have to be careful because you you have to change your style a little bit. Not that they tell you to, but you're nervous. You are, uh, you're you're gun shy. That's the word I'm looking for. You're gun shy. Um, And I told you guys the story at Nauseam at the Madison Square Garden when I debuted against Kurt Angle. And that, that double clutch release German suplex that I did that the place exploded on and Kurt looked like he exploded out of cannon the way I did the throw and the way Kurt took the bump. But our timing was off, and I double-pumped to protect Kurt. And uh, the powers that be, and some of the people that you know were in Vince's ear at that time, said, look, 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 look how dangerous he is. Look, look, we heard he's a little dangerous. Look at him, look at him. He almost just, he almost just dropped Kurt on his head. Little did whoever was that stooge realize that I was actually protecting Kurt Angle. Because I knew our timing was off. And Kurt was, in essence, defenseless because he gave me his body and his back was to me. So I have to take care of him. That's, again, the code of the wrestler. I know the code. I live the code. So, uh, um, you know, it takes one move, guys. One move like what happened with Nakamura and Cena for Nakamura to alter his style a little bit. I'm just saying... uh, Maybe I'm wrong. I've been wrong before, and I'll be wrong again. Uh, I don't know if I'm wrong on this one, though, because if, 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 you know, we're hearing that Vince is upset. I told you guys before these reports came out that Vince would be upset, and I don't blame Vince for being upset. You know, the, what happened with that suplex, Nakamura apologized, and I didn't come out here and bury him. Nakamura did apologize, and, and I think he apologized because he knows the way he did that back move, that back suplex, um... His hand placement, Nakamura, should have been adjusted a little bit. And he should have released John without pulling the curtain back too much. I hate to do this, but he should have, his hands should have been off. I could see the move. His hands should have been off of seeing his hamstring about an, an eighth of a second. He kept his hand on there a little bit too long on his hammy and pushed him back. And that little teeny second. Half second, eighth of a second, whatever the fraction is. I'm not good with the numbers. That's all it takes for a guy landing on a good high flat back to landing on the back of his head. It just takes a teeny little bit of a delay, and that's it. That's all it takes. And true pros know how to do this. Again, I'm not saying the man did this on purposes. I know he didn't. But I'm just telling you that could be looked at as careless. And I think Nakamura, if I had a wrestling company and, and I you know, was making a lot of money and I could afford to pay Nakamura, I'd hire him in a second. I'm a fan of the guy. I think he's great. You know, I'd hire him and I'd push the hell out of him, you know? So I'm not sitting here saying, oh, he's bad for the business, nothing like that. No, it's, it's, this shit happens. Hey, guys, remember uh, remember uh, Seth Rollins and Finn Balor? Remember that story? Ah, remember that? Remember? <laughs> But remember, everybody's like, oh, well, look what happened to Finn. Oh, my God, his shoulder. Seth, you dangerous man. You do not belong in a company. You hurt everybody. Remember that? And then he hurt, hurt, in quotations, someone else, Seth Rollins, I think, prior to that. And he was dangerous, dangerous. Oh, my God, he's got heat. He had no heat. He had no heat at all. And I told everybody he had no heat because he ain't dangerous. And that I went through a couple of sources when I came out and said what I said 
because I had it confirmed to make sure for my own edification that I was right. And I could tell you without naming names that I got full confirmation from someone that was smack dab in the middle of it. Let's just leave it at that. Okay. There was no heat on Seth back then. But that died down, right? Now you don't you haven't heard that in ages now, right? Correct. Seth Rollins is not dangerous no more. Well, look it. Look it. Why is Nakamura not going to have that rep now? He won't, and he shouldn't have that rep. But why? I'll ask you, Dennis, as a fan. Why do you think that is? Uh, I think it's... I'm not defending the people who said Seth Rollins was dangerous, but there was more... There was uh, the turnbuckle powerbomb on Sting. Right. I mean... That's Which Sting it, himself said wasn't wasn't right. Seth's fault. So he came out and said it. Then there was when And I uh, also said it wasn't his fault. It was when, okay, he, when he needs Cena in the nose right. and broke his nose and then the Finn Balor stuff. So not that there was a history like accidents happen. It's you're it's, you're it's a physical working, game, man. It's a, it's a physical soap opera. But people see that and they're like, Oh, well, you know, well, he's careless, well, he's just in Well, it's, well, it's well some not people true. see it for some guys. But I'm asking you, why now so let's just say hypothetically. So let me let me let me say not hypothetically. So you are you are you saying to me, hypothetically, if Nakamura uh, wrestles, I don't know, just off the top, Randy Orton next week breaks Randy's nose, and then two weeks after that is in a match and with whatever I don't know uh, John Cena and hurts his shoulder, you think people will say to Nakamura like the I think fans people will say, will say I'm, I you, disagree, but I think people do? I think people will say I, I, that that is that is dangerous. Oh, he's a dangerous, and especially because right. he's the king of strong style. That mm-hmm. it the notions are going to bleed in, and and I don't I couldn't I'm with you 100 percent on this. Mm. But fans are absolutely going to be like he's a he's a dangerous worker, and then no, they're going to cite I, those right, examples. Well, right. here's the problem. What you you said I disagree with you, and this is what I disagree with you on. I disagree with you that they will say that about him. See Nakamura. Okay. No, I'll tell you why. This is this is how a lot of the hardcore fans think, and I, and I, I'm not being a jerk, but a lot of these fans are fans of my show, so I'm not being disrespectful. I'm just being honest, and that's what I do. Right? Sometimes you're the hammer, sometimes you're the nail. Okay? <laughs> and here's the thing, dude. I'm telling you straight up, Nakamura is the highest of high internet darlings with wrestling fans. First of all, he's not American, so right there's a big plus. Because the American wrestling fans, forget about international fans, American wrestling fans love, love, the hardcore fan, love the guys from the UK, love the guys from Japan. If you're an American, now I'm stereotyping, so please just kick me in the face. I shouldn't stereotype, I know that, and I hate people stereotyping, and here I am doing it. So just humor me for a second. Ladies and gentlemen, please, humor me. I hate the stereotype, and I am doing a little. These guys, Talents that are from other countries when they wrestle here in America, they, especially in the WWE, they're looked at as cool outsiders that that are that are you know edgy, hardcore, or whatever. You know, it's it's renegade esque. You know what I mean? Uh, it's a little tougher, I feel, for the homegrown American talents or even Canadian talents, North American talents, to get over sometimes in their own country than guys from other countries. And that's fine. That's cool. I mean, I remember years ago where American guys would go to Japan and were over, and some American guys sucked that went to Japan and were over like Rover just because they were American in Japan. So it, it works in reverse too, I gather. So here's the thing about Nakamura and Seth Rollins. 
I really, I mean, maybe I'm tending to exaggerate that. If Nakamura had injured all his people in that short of time, yeah. Okay, yeah, maybe you're right. Uh, some people would say he's dangerous. But I would think that Nakamura is looked at still as that renegade-esque international guy. He's from New Japan, uh, king of strong style, all this stuff. He's trying to speak English. It's tough. He's, he's, he's on an uphill climb and all this, and people are supportive of him, and they should be, and that's great. Seth Rollins was like that, kind of. See, Seth came in with a big push right away with the Shield and then segued off of the Shield and got the big rub from not just Stephanie McMahon but Triple H on camera for a long time. Right there, that's called resentment by the hardcore wrestling fan. Nakamura has no resentment. Do you understand? That's the difference. So it's so hard to look at a Seth Rollins and get get uh um and rip his work because he's so friggin' good in the ring and he's really good on the mic and he looks great. So fans, no matter if they're hardcore fans or casual fans, it's tough for them not to respect or like him, even though he's getting a rub at that time from from Stephanie and Hunter. But once there was an injury or two here and there, oh wait a minute now, oh wait a minute now. Also, you gotta understand. I've talked about this recently too. I think last week. There are also stooges that work in the company that run to some of the dirt sheet guys, and this has been going on for ages, that create their own subterfuge bullshit. Okay? That happens all the time. So some of them in the company, one of the wrestlers, might have had heat with Seth Rollins and buried him. And next thing you know, it's like a cancer spreading all over the, the community of pro wrestling. That could be too. That could have happened too. Because the people that I've spoke to, and one was right in the middle of this thing. Uh, Seth Rollins was never looked at in that locker room or by Vince McMahon as dangerous. He wasn't. You know, so I do feel that Nakamura, okay, I feel that Nakamura is much more of an internet darling than Seth Rollins, even when Seth was on the come up in WWE. Do, 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 you know, he, he was loved because he was the Tyler Black thing from Ring of Honor and all that. He had a lot of hardcore fans that loved me. Still does, and he should. They should love me. He's great. But you, you get my drift on that. That the, the difference between those two with the hardcore fans. I do. I don't know if I necessarily agree with that though, because I feel like Seth Rollins. He's got the like. They were like, oh, he's got to use the Falcon Arrow. He's got to. Internet fans love Seth Rollins. I mean, to your point, you you made that clear. I would say they're. Almost equal enough where Nakamura absolutely for everything you said the Japanese thing the strong style his quirkiness I don't know if there's that big of a gap between the two of them mm. from the internet fan I mean I could be wrong but yeah, well, we could. who says who's right I don't know but but I'm just giving you reasons and two of those reasons are Stephanie and Triple H okay I'm telling you that's that pretty, right now pretty two big reasons yeah and the third reason is that he's American okay he's from Iowa Last I checked, that's smack dab in the middle of America, my friend. Yes. So uh, where, you know, uh, Nakamura is not getting that type of rub from Hunter and Stephanie on the air. And as I said, he's an international star, and that's a big plus. That's a big plus. So, um, you know, I mean, it's an interesting topic. I just I just wanted to give my thoughts, opinions on it. I mean, I... I, I, I hate when I hear that someone's got a rep that they're dangerous because I, I've had that rep, and it's not cool. Because you get into a situation where you either get guys 
Don't, some guys don't want to wrestle you. Or even if they don't think you're dangerous, they'll use that as a crutch to the office to bury you. Oh, I don't want. I don't want. I don't want to go and wrestle with him. And oh, geez, I, I gotta hurt. My, I'm gonna get hurt. I'm gonna hurt my shoulder. This guy's gonna suplex me onto my friggin' head. Oh my god. Ba 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 ba. And yet I've. Uh, geez, I don't remember. I could probably name two or three times in one hand when I've actually suplexed. Not not. I I can name on one hand maybe just two or three fingers. <laughs> Where I've uh, shot a suplex on someone, and, and I can assure you, I don't really don't think that was ever in WWE when that happened. Not only that, going over a match with a, an opponent, I've never ever made anyone feel uncomfortable and said, "No, you have to take this throw, dude. You have to. I got to do. I have to get my shit in. I got to get the suplex in. Sorry, it's got to happen." I, that that I don't I don't. <laughs> and and I've also never wrestled anyone that's done that to me. I've never wrestled anyone from, from ECW to WWE where, or before that in my career where someone said, I, gotta, I got to do this move. You have to take this part if they knew I was uncomfortable with it. You know? I never had anyone force me, and I've never forced. That's just, once you do that, that's how you get a really bad rep- reputation. <laughs> Super bad. You know what I mean? So, uh, hey, Eric is drunk in Pennsylvania. You're on the Taz Show. What do you say there, homie? Hey, good morning, Taz. I have my uh, Chinese food off the hook this morning. Okay, uh, go, my friend. All right, we have a last appetizer standing match mm. between the boneless spare ribs versus poo-poo platter. Okay, you know, there was a discussion on this poo-poo platter. We'll let it go for now, but uh, I feel that you're not getting that in takeout, even though I believe you can. I did some research. It's a little bit awkward because they don't give you the bowl with the fire. I agree, but... Some places still do have it. Do they give you the bowl to fire, though? No, right? They they don't here, no. Yeah, here neither. Okay, continue. All right, we have the Battle of the Soups. Hmm, soups. We have the Hot and Sour Soup Yes. versus the Egg Drop Soup. You like the Egg Drop. Got it, Cholesterol City, but it's delicious. Next. Lunch Special Showdown. Like the name. General Thou's Chicken. Yep, the Sensei. Versus Pepper Steak with Onions. Hey, I like your choices, my friend. Eric is drunk. Good job. Thanks for calling. Uh, okay, on that note, I'm going to break. All of a break, I will get into some NXT chatter. Take a phone call or two. And uh, it's the Taz Show. Sit tight on this Thursday, kids. A new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. All right, so uh, on this Thursday edition, as I'm about to talk some NXT, you know, you can go over to uh, the gimmick chat right now and communicate with each other and watch the show right there live uh, from, uh, you know, your laptop or desktop. Or your tablet. I'm done with the tablets. You cannot do it on a mobile device um, because our tech team just hasn't, still hasn't done that. So I wouldn't hold your breath on that. I think you all forgot about that already. But it's a cool little gimmick if you're home or at the office and you want to, you know, chat amongst each other, kind of like you would do on a Facebook Live. And you can do it. Just log in with one of your social media accounts. It's very easy. TazShow.com. You can watch the show right there. And some of us here uh, communicate. 
I just posted something on there, and um, Anthony, the video producer, he jumps in there every once in a while and talks to you guys, and you can talk amongst each other. So uh, don't forget to do that. I don't give enough love to the gimmick chat. So uh, I don't know why. I just have so much going on during the show. And then we do like a whole 30-minute segment on Facebook Live at the end of the show, usually. So that gets a lot of attention. And there's a lot of entitled folks over there. A lot. But you know, my crazy brain, as I said before, there's all different clusters of Taz Show fans. You have the ones that are just on the gimmick chat. Then you have the Twitter Taz Show fans. Then you have the Instagram Taz Show fans. And then you have the Facebook Live Taz Show fans. Who are probably the most annoying um, so, uh, but, you know, they, they, they get a lot of shout-outs. So I was talking about the NXT. Uh, interesting, uh, I was, um, well, I told him, I'm about to talk about it, I should say. Uh, just, uh, just some thoughts. I didn't watch the whole show. I watched most of it. Um, I saw the attack in the beginning at, at Sanity, because Eric Young came back, which is nice to see EY back. I saw that when they called out Authors of Pain, uh, you know, at the top of the show. <clears throat> so I liked that little bit there. I, I, I couldn't hear it. I was doing something, but I could see it. Uh, I, I want to jump past the other parts of the show. I want to go right into kind of what happened with um, this promo segment with uh, Bobby Roode, the glorious one himself, the NXT champion, and uh, Drew McIntyre, and uh, William Regal. <clears throat> he was the GM, as you guys know. And then Roddy Strong came out and cut a promo, um, and they made some new steps and all this stuff. So I, if you didn't see it, Basically, they, they did like a, you know, a promo segment. It wasn't a contract sign. I don't know what it was, but they had Roddy Strong. I'm sorry, uh, Bobby Roode and Drew McIntyre because they, they had a main event for the NXT TakeOver in Brooklyn. And they had, um, uh, it wasn't a pro. You, did you see this, Dennis? Or not? You can just wave. I know you're not, you know. No, I missed this. Uh, yeah, well, anyway, so then William Regan was out there. I, I missed the initial beginning, but I caught the rest of it. And I understand the storyline with Roddy Strong being pissed off because you know, Bobby Roode disrespected his fiance and his family and all this stuff uh, weeks ago. And so what they did last night was interesting. Because um, during this deal, deal with, with, with Drew McIntyre and Bobby Roode talking, uh, promoting and selling the main event for NXT TakeOver, as I said, Roddy Strong came out to the stage and started cutting a promo on Bobby Roode, saying this is not about the NXT title, it's not about this, not about that. You know, it's it's about you disrespecting my family and disrespecting my fiance and all this. And, I, and this promo, Roddy's promo was very good. Uh, here's my only problem with it. And, I, and I'm a Roddy Strong fan, as you guys know. He's been on the Taz show here. I like Roddy. He's a legit, uh, true, worldwide uh, star. Ain't no doubt about it. Uh, can work his ass off no matter where he works. He's always successful. But I would have written this a lot different for Roddy Strong. And I'm not talking about the verbiage. I have no problem with the verbiage in the promo. <laughs> the way it was written was cool. I'm talking about the segment, the way it was written. Good gosh. If Triple H was sitting here right now with me, the guy in charge of NXT, I'd ask him why his creative team and him didn't, or the agents, didn't have Bobby Roode get attacked, have Roddy Strong come out, no music, no nothing, out of the crowd in street clothes, and go after, go after Bobby Roode, physically attack him. He don't even have to get to him because they had all, Bobby had they had security out there. I'm assuming Bobby brought the security out. Again, I didn't see the very beginning. <clears throat> but there were guys on the apron, like uh, wrestlers that were dressed as security guys, like independent wrestlers. And you can have those guys hold back or peel off 
you know, Roddy Strong off of, you know, uh, uh, off of Bobby Roode. Big pull apart. And William Regal's out there already. He's trying to get some peace. And then either Roddy grabs a mic or there's a mic near him. The ring announcer's near him. And you hear Roddy yelling, you disrespected my family. It's not about this title. The same promo he cut in that mic, have him cut off camera. What guy's holding him? Where he's in a freaking rage. That would have just been so much better. And then, you know, and also because it's in the heat of the moment, that would have been even better also where, because they came up with some steps here, where basically they had Bobby Roode be the master manipulator here and say, well, look, you want a shot at me? You want to fight me? And Roddy Strong's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. People pop. Yeah, well, I'll fight. I want to fight you. Roode takes his jacket off. Uh, uh, Strong takes his T-shirt off. All this stuff. And then Bobby Roode does a typical heel thing, which is nice. And said, so, well, you got to go through him first. And he points to Drew McIntyre, which I thought was money. I thought was a great line. I think it's awesome. Okay? You got to beat him first. And if you could beat him next week right here on NXT, then after NXT Brooklyn, I'll give you a shot at my title, Roddy Strong, and I'll fight you. Okay. Which makes William Regal jump in and say, whoa, not so fast, my friend. Hang on. Pump the brakes. Um... I'm the guy making the matches here. Uh, you don't make the matches. And then Bobby Roode said, wait, we are NXT, the audience, Drew, me, Roddy, you, wrestlers, we are the, what about the audience? So you know, Roode in character turned the tables on William Regal, which was cool, like a heel, and, and said, basically made him make the match for the following week. Because the storyline is a cool storyline. It's cool heel concepting by Bobby Roode. Basically, Bobby wants to weaken Drew McIntyre going into NXT TakeOver, so he's using, you know, um, Roddy Strong to do that. It's a simple and effective and smart story. Uh, The announcers, by the way, did a good job explaining that also because that's the story. That's all fine and well. I'm cool with it except for the fact of two things. The one I didn't mention, but one I did. The one thing is that they just had Roddy come out and cut a promo on the stage. If the guy's that mad and he disrespected his fiance, disrespected his family, Jesus Christ, why is he not just hitting the fucking ring and attacking Bobby Roode? Like he wants to beat the shit out of him. Pardon my French here. I just get a little passionate about this. I mean, really, that's what has to happen here. Like he wants to beat the piss out of him. And you have already have those, those, those fake security guys out there to hold him back. That was my first problem with it. Second problem I didn't mention yet, but I'll tell you right now. Why is it, and how do are you selling me on that Roddy gets a shot after NXT Brooklyn? I, I don't get that. I don't understand that. What are you nuts? What is that? Tease a three-way at NXT TakeOver. Something. Tease it that if Roddy beats Drew McIntyre next week, then Roddy's the number one contender. Drew McIntyre in true strong style babyface fashion, and he did a good job on his promo. Said, I'll fight anybody. I don't care. I'll fight Roddy Strong. I'm good with it. You just can't have a babyface say, wait a minute, hold on, Bobby. I don't want to fight him. Hey, hold on, Regal. Because then that kind of like kills your whole babyface deal. So I, I'm just saying the after the takeover thing is a little funky for me. Did you read results in this, Dennis? You, have a, and, you, know, you didn't get a chance. I, no, I was putting notes together for the show, and I saw that, that Rude's going to get a title shot. Uh, no, strong, strong. Strong, yeah. That's the 
dumbest thing it's ever. It's not smart. And, and, you know, okay, look. Drew McIntyre said the right thing. Like, don't be so sure you're going to be the champion, you know, uh, meaning you, Bobby Roode, after TakeOver anyway. Because uh, you're not going to be, whatever. I'm paraphrasing. And they didn't even make a step where it was like, hey, you know what, Roddy Strong? And, and you know what? Hey, guys, all you guys, maybe William Regal says this, should have said this. <laughs> if if you do lose, Roode, then Roddy's going to get the title shot at whoever is the champ. You, Drew McIntyre, or you, Bobby Roode. They didn't do that either. I, I'm a, it's a little disjointed. I got to be honest. I mean, the whole thing is a little funky for me. I got I to tell you. I mean, it's, it's fixable, though, right? Uh, like you can come out next week and and just it's a work, of course. Yeah, they can do whatever they want. Yeah, you, you can. They could change something. Uh, you know, I don't know if this sport. I don't know if this was taped already. I have no idea how they do their stuff. I don't pay attention to that stuff. But yeah, they can. They could say it, it would be a little anticlimactic if they did that. It'd be a little kind of yeah. funky. I just don't know why they did it like they did it. And this a this wasn't live. This was post produced. I, I you know I, I don't I don't know. I mean it. it it just, I don't know, I pointed out my, my problems with it. It just seemed a little strange, seriously. So, Hey, Jason in the Bronx, you're on the Taz Show. What do you say there, Haas? Hey, what's going on, Taz? How are you, buddy? I'm all right. I'm going to piss you off a little bit this morning, pardon me, but I'm going to hit you with the old uh, first time, long time. Oh, look at this guy, right? The damn bag. <laughs> I hate that. Oh, sorry, that's man. all right. That's all right. What's up, man? Uh, I wanted to call and I wanted to do two things. One of them, the first thing would be put you over. Thank you. I want to put you over a little bit and say that um, you know I wasn't a, a real big fan of your in-ring work stuff, but uh, forgive me, I was younger, didn't know. Thank you. Much, but Way I to put him over. You. I appreciate you I putting love. me over. Thank it's God you're not knock. Thank, thank God you're not knocking me. <laughs> Holy cow! No, no. <laughs> but I, but I, I have to say I loved you and appreciated you oh. on the mic. Thank you. When uh, it was you and Michael Cole. Uh, growing up listening to wrestling, it was always like uh, the Southern guys. Yeah. So somebody that sounds like where I'm from, I loved it. Well, let me ask you a question. Uh, I'm just curious, Jason, uh, about my in-ring work. What, like, uh, when I was in my prime, how old were you, if you mind me asking? Uh, well, I'm 30 today, and I, I remember first hearing about you maybe 96. Oh, I was yeah, I was you know, I, I so was yeah, heating up. So who were you? Who were when you were that age? Who were your favorite wrestlers? Like your top two wrestlers? Who were they? Oh man, it had to be. Uh, be honest now. Around that time, man. I, I mean, I was a big. I'm a big Bret Hart guy still. So okay. Around that time, probably be Bret. Bret Hart. Taker. Who else? Taker probably. Okay, so if you were an Undertaker fan and you were a Bret Hart fan, that means you were a straight, total WWF fan. Big time. New York yeah, WWF yeah, fan, right? Guys, yeah. Well, yeah. that's why you probably weren't a fan of my work. <laughs> so, because yeah, I, wa- I, I, I was I a different style. So I was a totally different style than those guys. What's that? <laughs> I never saw so many suplexes before, you know. So, at first, I didn't get it. I was like, man, there's a lot of suplexes here. Well, hold on. Yeah, but there was. But, uh, to be frank, I, I usually would throw a top of maybe three suplexes are matched in the bigger, uh, uh, maybe four on big matches, but, and they never, they always were towards the end of the match, and I always sprinkled them in the right time for the story. So it wasn't just like, yeah, I was the human suplex machine, but I wasn't just going out there just hitting suplexes with no story. Now, a lot of talent today does that, I can tell you that, um, oh, where sure. uh, they just, they're just doing for doing them for the sake of doing them. 
Uh, but I can tell I mean, you, some guys I feel like they're hacking you sometimes. You think? The two <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. In, you know, I, that's true. I didn't invent them, but you know, I mean, I did, definitely wasn't the first guy to throw suplexes. I mean, there's been a lot of successful guys before me, but but I kind of I, I I feel like I'm I'm proud to say I'm one of the one of the guys that kind of made it uh, a hot thing in the business, and, and guys like the Steiner brothers and before us, uh, definitely uh, the Iron Sheik and stuff like that. So. You know, uh, and there are a couple other guys I'm, uh, you know, I'm probably missing right now. So I, a guy named Gary Albright, which you probably never heard of, right? Never heard. See, of. there you go. So see that? Yeah, how did I know that? <laughs> because see, <laughs> Gary Albright was a great wrestler in Japan. Worked for All Japan. He also was a ah. collegiate wrestler for the University of Nebraska. A big heavyweight. It was a stud, and he threw a lot of good suplexes. But see, during that era, that's why I asked you who you were fans of, and that's cool. I love Taker. I know him personally, and he's the he's the man. I've wrestled Taker, and I love him. Bret Hart, I was always a fan of Bret's work. I met Bret a couple times. He was always cool with me the two times I met him. And I had nothing but respect for Bret Hart. So uh, you got good taste in wrestlers. My style is different, and during my prime, uh, most WWF, real WWF New York fans that just like WWF, Jason, that they weren't into ECW. So that makes sense that you just said that. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, ECW was cool, and when you came in and you choked Kurt out, I mean, that was that was awesome for me. That was a big moment for me. That's you cool. You were over with me when I saw you do that. Thank you. Thank you. What else you got, buddy? Uh, the second thing I want to do is just tell you, man, you really, really, I mean, if you did it uh, with the Jets, you really need to just let go of the Mets and come on to the Yankee side, brother. Uh, we, uh, we got, uh, so, we got, I, you know what I'm saying? It's I know. I look. I don't know what to tell you. I can't argue with you. I, I just, I you know. I mean, look at dude. I, the the Jay Bruce move is killing me. I, it's just stupid. And I'll get into that in a little while. But look, I, I'm I'm not against you Yanks here. I'm not. And I sit here with a friggin' Yankee fan every day. So with Dennis, and and I hear you, dude. I but look, I, Jason. I'm a guy who said. When the Mets are out of contention, I've always tried to pull for the Yanks as a true New Yorker, and I got yelled at by two New Yorkers in Dennis and that friggin' Moose when he was here. So you know, I, oh, wow. I, I yeah, but those are <laughs> yeah, that's not right. So I mean, now you as a Yankee fan, if Mets fans start rooting for the Yankees when their Mets are gone, does that bother you? No, not at all. Not at all. See, there you go. That's a smart man, Jason. Well, thank you for calling, buddy. I appreciate it. Thank you. Guy was a great caller. I didn't like your in-ring work. It sucked. And your baseball team is the shits. Thanks for calling, Jason. But I, but I love you. <laughs> now nah, he's all right. He's honest. This guy from the Bronx, he can't help it. So people in the Bronx, that's how they are. You know what I mean? They get mad if you're not from the Bronx. If you're from Brooklyn or Queens, they're jealous. You, you're from, like, where are you from? Like, Syracuse or something. I don't know where you're from. Like, upstate. Mountain Man Jones over here. Lumberjack. Monroe. Monroe, which is right near... Newburgh. So, oh, uh, I didn't post a video yet. I actually have a Newburgh video. Jeez. <laughs> this is not a Lean Me production. No? This is a wow. Taz production, and I could tell you this right now. It's not long, it's quick, and it's not even that good. But. Yeah, it's like sleeping with me. <laughs> that was funny. One line Jones right here. Yep. Yeah. One minute city. So, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, I did a little video. I- I'll post it later on the Instagram at Taz Talk. A new bird video. That's what I'm calling it. <laughs> I'm, very, I'm very interested. Dude, it, it's very, it's fast, and it really sucks, to be honest. But it, <laughs> So does new bird. But I, <laughs> but I think people will laugh that get the new bird joke. Uh, you, you and all of your teammates at Holy Cross, or whatever your school is called, 
the, the, the Holy Cross wannabe Crusaders. Yeah. Monroe yeah. Woodbury was the high school. Yeah, yeah. Two towns, right? It was like six towns. We really uh, clumped it all together. Oh, really? No Two one of them got the got title. Well, that's why you guys were good, because you had a lot yeah, of yeah. no, pull from all different areas. I will say that. That's why you guys were good. Yeah, that's the reason. Well, uh, that and Matt Stack. Oh, I was going to get to that. That's all. <laughs> we're actually going to do a Matt Stack segment later on. Uh, I'm going to try. <laughs> I'm do doing my due segment. diligence. Can I'm going to try, try and get him to call in one day. <laughs> you got to give me a heads up now, because I might not want him on. It kills the mystique. Okay, yeah, yeah, screw I, I, it. We, we won't have to keep the mystique. Otherwise, if he calls up, the uh, legend gr- he, yeah. he's like some. Uh, Hi, Taz. I, I, yeah, yeah. I used to be a really good QB. Uh, first time, long time. Uh, it's Matt Stack. I'm doing finance down here on Madison Avenue. Like, oh god, thanks, Matt. See you later. Oh boy, you know what I mean? Like one of those deals. That's what we don't want. You know what I mean? Yeah, we got the legend needs to grow. Yeah, you got to just leave it alone. Hey, uh, Mark in Georgia, you're on the Taz show. What do you say, Haas? I'm going on, boss. Pepto, How are you? A little distorted. Yep. Back off the mic a little bit. Back it up. Yes, sir. You good, though? You sound a little loud. What are you doing? Are like a closet? What's going on here? An airport? Where are you? Yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm walking around. Hey. You're right out. The what? I, wait, Mark. Hold on. God dog it. Hang on, Mark. Wait a minute. Mark, yes, what? Sir. You got me? Yeah. You were breaking up, buddy. I'm sorry. How you doing? Now, I was saying, man, the guy who just called, he don't know nothing about wrestling because you was a great in-ring worker, man. Thank you. You was one of my favorites. Oh, see, now, now we're talking, my man. Now we're talking right here. Yeah. So tell me about how good I was. No, I'm kidding. So what were you? Uh, you were a uh, were you a WCW fan back in the day, NWA? What was your, your company? I, I was a wrestling fan in general, so it, I was watching everything. All right. All right. So, but I'm saying, when you were young, though, like, growing up, coming up, like, what was your go-to? Was there a go-to wrestling company? You were like WWF, NWA, WCW, all of it. Well, it was NWA and along with the Texas uh, wrestling area with the Bud Erics. Oh, so world class over there in Texas. Right, right, right. Okay. Yeah, so you saw Steve yeah. Austin when he first came up and stuff like that, right? Yep, I saw Stan, Booker T. Yeah. Remember a whole bunch of guys back in Texas. Harlem Heat. Yep, yep, yep. No, I know. Uh, J- JBL, but, they had a lot of great talent come up through there, man. Yeah. You probably don't remember. I sent you on Instagram about a month and a half ago about when you're going to get back into the judo, man, because you inspired me to do it. Oh, dude, I wish I could. I'm fixing to have some surgery because I got nerve damage. But, yeah, no, I missed uh, getting on the mat and doing some randori, playing some judo. I missed those years, those times. I do. Uh, but that's a long time ago. I mean, maybe one day if I get healthy and go uh, get into some senior class uh, and, and go up there with some old t- old timers, get my ass whooped. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, man, that ain't gonna never happen. You know? I, I remember interviewing you did. Um, it was on, I think it was Pro Wrestling Illustrated magazine back when you first got the um, ECW title. Yes, sir. And I remember you was, you was talking about um, when you was coming in how. They pass you with the stainers and even working with them. They didn't even give you that much heat along with your suplexes. They showed you a few things, but not as much. Right. And I was just, I was thankful that Paul Heyman put you over, man, because short guys don't get no breaks, you know? <laughs> I hear you on that, Mark. Well, I appreciate you calling. Thank you, Mark from Georgia. Appreciate the love. That's an intelligent wrestling fan right there. Uh, a genius, I say. And I'm going to break uh, for Mark's call. That was awesome. Thanks, Mark, for calling. Appreciate you, buddy. And on that note, uh, we'll be in hour two after the break. And I want to give you some thoughts on the debut of the Street Profits in WWE NXT. Yeah, the Street Profits. They showed up red cup and all. Tash, show sit tight. 
Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Watching during the break, I was watching a little uh, little TV here in the uh, newsroom, and um, saw that uh, what a uh, spiffy little fight. The Colts, that was the Col- the Rams, the LA Rams, and, who, and the Chargers, right? It was Chargers. The battle for LA. Yeah, they got to some at a, a joint practice. They did scuffle city. Yeah, they weren't playing around. It was a, definitely a physical confrontation. Just a fight, beating. Guy got double leg. Another guy got punched. Nuts. So I'll get into telling you guys about the uh, Street Profits here from uh, their debut from a WWE NXT. First, I'm going to let you know the support for the Taz Show, okay, comes directly from our friends at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans, guys. The mortgage company that decided to ask the simple question of why. Why do mortgage companies require paperwork? Well, Quicken Loans answers, Quicken Loans, I should say, answers all these questions and more with Rocket Mortgage. Rocket Mortgage gives you the confidence you need when it comes to buying a home or refinancing your existing home loan. Rocket Mortgage, guys, as you know, because I tell you, because they believe in me and I believe in them, Rocket Mortgage is simple. Apply simply, understand fully, and most importantly, kids, mortgage confidently. So to get started, go to rocketmortgage.com slash T-A-Z. That's rocketmortgage.com slash T-A-Z. Equal housing lender licensed in all 50 states. NMLSConsumerAccess.org number 3030. Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Watch that. Pardon me. Okay. Fumble. I got the dead hand. I smack into things. I do you have no idea how much stuff I drop. And that's why uh, once I drop, it's a drop. And, okay. And that's why um, once I have the surgery. Dude, I'm having, you know, for those that know I'm having surgery on my hand. Well, Mike Johnson kind of told the world. Um, and because uh, Breaking I, news. It's, it's on my hand, but it's actually from nerve damage from my neck. That's where the issue is. So I'm going to do this nerve type of surgery and let some relief out of a pinched nerve and, and all this. It's a lot. So thing is, I'm depressed already before it even happens. Why is that? Uh, I'll tell you why. Because they're telling me, look. No, I might have said this before. If if you get any positive results from this, it won't be for at least a year. Oh, that, that I'm excited now. Like, what the, like really? What, what are you talking about? What do you mean no? Like, that's horrible. You might not get any positive results, but if you do, it won't be for a year. Dude, I can walk outside and get hit by a bus right after the surgery. I hope you don't. Yeah, you need a job. That's why. Among other reasons. Well, you are a minister. You're a man of the cloth. I am. Tell you who's not man of the cloth in character, and that's the Street Profits, kids. You're damn right. Street Profits over there at the uh, WWE NXT. They debuted. Coming out there, bouncing with the Red Cup. You know, Red Cup. Uh, you know the Red Cup. You know, oh, Dennis, you know about Red Cups. Yeah. Oh, I know. Oh, you know Red Cups. <laughs> Have you ever drinking uh, an adult beverage or your beer can out of a red cup or not? Will you stop? I'm sure you have, right? My fair, I've had my fair share of red cups, yes. <laughs> I'm not surprised. Um, so, uh, 
<sighs> These guys have potential. I'm telling you that right now. They have potential. Uh, the one guy, is the, the, the smaller guy, I'm still getting down their names, but the one dude, the, the little bit of a smaller guy, he's not small, but he's leaner, he's more ripped. That guy is just crazy athletic in the ring. I mean, super, super athletic. The other dude is quick and and big, rugged dude. So they are loaded with charisma. I mean, we've seen the vignettes on these guys and stuff. And no, look, man, I like this character. I like this gimmick because it's new. It's young. It's urban. It's it's what today is. I mean, it's their music is cool, too. I mean, if I'm WWE, I'm hooking up with a legitimate you know, hip-hop artists, which they know a bunch of them. They got Whale. They got all those other guys, right? They got Whale. He's, he does... Hey, uh, Ant, come in here. Video director is Crowder, Anthony. And Whale does uh, a lot of uh, uh, hardcore hip-hop, or not really hardcore. No, he does. He's he's very big in the game. He's a giant wrestling fan. So I didn't know that until he's, that... He's what we call a mock. So he's big Indeed. in the wrestling game? Yeah, I, I didn't know this until that last time he was on SmackDown or whatever it was. Hmm. He does, like, a wrestling con thing like comic-con almost oh yeah that's great so listen um let me ask you this hand hold on yes sir so have you you probably didn't get a chance to watch the street profits you were probably crying about jay bruce right because i was crying too i cried myself to sleep yes Yes. well no the thing is did you see the street profits no no i, I have to watch nxt still okay you know who they are though, right you've seen vignettes yes on these yes guys? i yeah. love the vignettes so what these guys here like because you're a hip-hop artist uh, we've heard that you and Bazanji, uh, kind of. Um, now, <laughs> do you think that a guy like Whale would be good to rap their intro music? Yeah, I if if that's possible, I don't know what like the label would let him do that, but that would be awesome. Well, he is the label. I mean, he he's the performer. How about the Snoop Dogs? Maybe he could do. He's a big wrestling fan, and he's. I think he's related to the Sasha Banks. Yes, and uh, who is it? Machine Gun Kelly, I think, has a song for mm. SummerSlam right now. That's right. Good point. So they're bigger than the hip hop game. I'm running the game. So maybe uh, they should hook up with one of these artists for these kids, the Street Profits. But they probably think, all right, take take care. Thanks for coming. Talk to you later. Get back to work um, before I give you a beating. They're probably thinking, you know, let's let these guys get their feet wet a little bit, pay their dues. And then if they start pushing them, they'll do something like that. But they put a lot of time and build up with the vignettes. These guys, they're different. They feel good. What are they using, uh, Dennis? Second, like their logo. They got like a it's like a Snapchat. Is that what that that yellow like ghost looking thing is? Correct. I'm telling you, turn your damn mic on. Sir. Correct. That is. Snapchat. Put my mic on. What's wrong with you? That is Snapchat. That's like you. Do you get in your car and not turn the key on to go? Sometimes I don't. Like you just sit there. Huh? It's not going. Huh? <laughs> Dude, do you even have a car where you turn the key? Like, how old am I? Nobody even has cars like that no more, right? Push button. I got the push button on all my. Yeah, vehicles. no, I still got a. I still you, got the old. You got turn. the key, huh? Two thousand nine. No. Oh. You still rolling that two thousand nine Rolls Royce? I couldn't believe you got a Rolls. I I got really lucky. Um, I traded that in though. I'm driving a Maserati currently. You couldn't even fit in a Maserati. <laughs> Son, you couldn't spell Maserati. Please. I mean, uh, Jesus. Are you kidding me? Maserati, my ass. Jeez. Your big red ass couldn't even get in no Maserati, kid. Neither could mine. Big red ass. My buddy has got a, uh, a vet, like a new Corvette. Mm-hmm. Like, the new vet's a badass, right? I mean, I mean I'd rather have a Maserati or a Bugatti. But he's got the uh, a Bugatti. He's got a, a brand new Corvette, black on black, Matt Black Jones, blacked out wheels. The thing is awesome. 
He's like, bro, come on, get in, get in, I'll give you a ride. Get the frig out of here, give me a ride. I, it'll take me 10 minutes to get out of that son of a bitch. <laughs> I could fold myself in, like, literally just clump in there. Like, I could just... Yeah, but, but then you're stuck. Yeah, I'll be stuck in there. No, I mean, I, I, I would have to, to get in, I would have to just, like, do, like, a little hop jump. And just, like, like bleh, fold myself in there, like, like you know, just... Uh, uh, wait, oh, what the... Hold on a minute. Like, just, you know what I mean? I, uh, dump myself in there. Like, literally dump myself in it. You know what I mean? And getting out would be a bitch. So I said, uh, no, Jerry, we're good. Bro, what are you? He calls me the P word. I go, no, I'm not a P word. Come on, give me Because he drives like a psycho. That's why I thought I was being like a little nervous. No, I'm not worried about your driving. Yeah. It's me getting That's out of the car. I, told him. I said, I know there's a good chance if I do drive with you, we will die. I'm aware. I'm not afraid of that. But... I am afraid of being stuck and not getting out of your car and then you taking video of it and, like, <laughs> putting it on social media because he's a douche. So, uh, but he was laughing. We, we had fun. But, no, and, uh, dude, you couldn't get in out of a, a Maserati or a Ferrari. You have, dude, you probably can't get out of an SUV. I mean, like, I've seen you try to walk. Just walking is tough for you. So. <laughs> Got a little hitch in my giddy up. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, the street profits, though, all can decide. They um look, I I like them. I I wouldn't I mean I could I could nitpick, you know, I can do that. <laughs> so that I would have started the match differently. I believe first impressions last. They started with a basic move set of a headlock and a tackle and a drop down and you know, like it's that's wrestling school one oh one type stuff. I'm not saying you gotta get red hot into it, but they're heels. I think, but yet people like them. So I don't know. Are they baby faces or heels? Hey, maybe they're baby faces. Who knows today? Um, I would have had them just be ass kickers and just come out and attack. You know, and what I also would do with them. Now, I I, I haven't watched all of them yet, but I know last night uh, the one dude, can you get the names? I can't remember the, the smaller guy's name. Montez Ford is the smaller guy, yeah. and uh, Angelo Dawkins is right. the, the bigger Angelo guy. Angelo Dawkins, though, I remember him now. He's he's done stuff on NXT before. Yeah, 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 he has. Okay. All right, look, I would take the red cup, and they, they, they had some fans. I don't know if it was a prop, but they had, like, a giant red cup, uh, which was pretty funny. There's marketing here. You could do merch with these guys where you sell sleeves of red cups with their logo on it. So you could do stuff, and WWE knows how to do that. But the thing is, um, I would um, have them, when they have these red cups, walking out drinking, for, like liquid in it. I'd put it on the apron or have a little table or something or take a chair. Have them throw the ring announcer and just put the drink on a chair. If they do a big high spot, they bump the guy, roll out of the ring, take a swig. We don't know what they're drinking. Just throw water in there and people can think it's vodka. 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 You know what I mean? That's what I would do. Just have them sitting after the match. I see the guy grab the cup, Montez. And it's just like, there's nothing in it. I could just see him walking with this cup, and it's like, I want to see the, the liquid falling out of it so it feels more real. You know what I mean? But the, but I, I I think these guys have, they, they feel different. They feel real. And we've seen WWE try to do real urban street guys, hip-hop. We've seen it. And it's not the talent's fault. It's the company kind of doesn't go all the way with it. Go all the way with these guys. I think Triple H will with these guys. He's doing. I think you know these guys here. Um, I think have big time upside. I like them. Only thing also I didn't like besides the beginning of the match. I would have went something a little more aggressive instead of just a basic chain wrestling. I'm sorry, a basic uh, running spots with headlocks and tackles and drop downs. 
I mean, I guess they're just showing people they can wrestle. Well, doing a headlock tackle drop down doesn't mean you can wrestle. I mean, it's a, it's a little indication of your footwork, but it's, you know, they, these guys can work, so it's, it's fine. They're, they're good enough. I would uh, also veer away from what they're doing with the commentary, where it's they have uh, Percy loves these guys. He loves the, uh, the Street Profits. And where you got the other guy, Nigel, where he's not a fan. You know, he doesn't like them. And I just think that's so, what, because, you know, what, Percy's African-American and he's young like these guys, so he can dig them. That just seems, and the other guy's from England and he's snooty. I would have did something creative and went reversed. I would do it where Percy's not a fan of this. Give Percy some edge <clears throat> where he feels like these guys are an embarrassment and all that stuff. It's just they're punks. Where and Nigel's like, I think they're great. I think they're grand, mate. Whatever he would say, you know. Where I think they're grand, mate. Ah! <laughs> like there's something like that. That's my English man. I think they're grand, mate. Dude, can that you had more. Man? That can had do- more Australian. <laughs> oh, that was grand, mate. Come on, Percy. Let's go house and strip on the Barbie. Now that now you're a Southern man. What the hell I was there? I'm an Australian man from Arkansas. That's what I am. Yes. So. You get my drift, though. Have Nigel. Yeah, don't just just, be, just because Percy's African American doesn't mean he has to yeah. be the one. Yeah, mix going it up crazy. Get some. Go get some. Stop. Get some. Stop it. Stop. Let me hear Nigel say, "Get some, mate." Then I'll blow. That was good. Oh yeah. So, well, Nigel has. You know, I know Nigel. I like Nigel, but he kind of has that English wine to him when he does commentary he's kind of whining a little <laughs> it's not really a complimentary thing to say but i i, I don't mean it negatively kind of um <laughs> it, yeah it's a little bit different i'm doing more of an englishman englishman you don't know, like not good englishman i'm doing i guess i don't know if i have englishman in my repertoire you could do englishman like seth no. Ah, a spot of dick, you say? <laughs> Pull down your knickers and let me smack your britches. Hooray! All right, mate. <laughs> I'll call the Bobby on you. <laughs> right now he's popping. <laughs> They're talking about me, honey. Listen, I'm British now. <laughs> oh, jeez. No, but I, I'd have Nigel love. Uh, I'd have him like the prophets, and I would have. You know, Percy not. And I also, speaking of commentary, please stop. Please stop what the Mauro hip-hop genius that he apparently is. Like, he's giving history on hip-hop. I mean, like not history, but I'm, I'm like, uh, what's his name said? Uh, Percy goes, oh, they wear my colors, you know, black and gold. Yeah, because uh, I didn't know Percy had colors. I, I had no idea. I, I, I've never even seen Percy wrestle. I mean, so I, I you have colors now? I mean, I didn't know he had colors. I mean, Bret Hart had pink and black. He had colors. I had black and orange. I had colors. The franchise Shane Douglas. He had black and yellow, black and gold. He had colors. Um, you know, uh, I don't know if you had colors. Hulk Hogan had colors. Gold and uh, red. Yeah. I don't know if you had colors. NWO, they had colors. Black and white. Jason, Jason Jordan's going to have colors. He's going to be gold. <laughs> well done. Yes. Um, Kurt Angle, red, white, and blue. He has colors. You, Percy, you, you, you need to have more like of a history to say you have your colors. But he said, I black and gold. I got black and gold. That's my colors. And then here comes Mara. 
I can't. He he said it quick. Dude, do me a favor. Go, and you might know. Um, you don't have to Google this. Ant, no, he's, he's a mogul for hip hop. Remember the song "Black and Yellow, Black and Yellow, Black and"? Who does that song? Wiz Khalifa. Thank you very much. So there it is. But he's a stud. Uh, so uh, Wiz Khalifa, "Black and Yellow, Black and Yellow, Black and Yellow." And you know that song, right? I do. And actually, Whale has a remix to it. Well, I love it. I didn't know that. That's funny. Um, so anyway, Morrow referenced the "Black and Yellow" song to seem cool, hip, and urban. Morrow, I have news for you, sir. No one thinks you're urban. You're an intelligent, well-spoken Canadian man. You're not allowed to like hip-hop. Damn it, Mauro. You're not allowed, I said it. I'm stereotyping you. That's wrong. I kind of did stereotype him really, didn't I? And then, well, and then you just said you were like, oh, the announcer's got to mix it up. Don't let... Uh, <laughs> Mauro, stick, stay, your, stay in your lane. Don't like hip-hop. You wear I glasses, did. you nerd. I did. <laughs> I did kind of imply that. Okay, we'll take all that out of the podcast. Just you're right. I, that wasn't fair. I did say. I just, think, I just think Jace. Uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Nigel. I think Nigel should like the Street Profits. I think that would be entertaining. I do, and I think it would give Percy some edge if he's like, man, man, you know, man, the hell with these guys, man. They ain't. They don't represent, you know, the street. They don't represent, you know, uh, the, the young, strong African American man. Like that, that, he should have that take. It just seems so, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, not stereotype, so like predictable that he likes those guys. It just seems corny, you know? You know what I'm saying? I agree there. So, again, just thoughts and opinions from a Caucasian man who some thought were Caucasian. Brandon in Chicago, you're on the Taz Show. What do you say there, buddy? Yo, what's up, Taz? How you doing, Brandon? What's up, man? Uh, first of all, um, I am not the Venom guy. I can't. Oh, the vend. Yeah, you, you're not loading the candy machine right now, right? No, I'm, I'm not him. All right, gotcha. I gotcha. Uh, I'm starting to catch on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got two things. First thing, actually, for uh, Dennis, uh, that was uh, me on Twitter telling you that when you come to Chicago next time, I'm going to show you the real restaurant. Brandon, I'll be back, man. Chicago was a blast. I will definitely will. Wait, I Brandon, mean, you're looking to fight? Is this a, cha- a call? He's calling you out? He wants to fight? No, you? food. Oh, food. I think it was a fight. Oh. All right. Sorry. All right. I know. I know, dude. You don't want that. Oh, you don't, you don't want to fight. You know, you'll whoop his ass. How I do know. you know you don't want this? Oh, you know, he was a good linebacker. You know, be careful, Brandon. <laughs> Walk around Newburgh a little bit. Oh, uh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> what else is up, dude? Uh, um... I want to get your opinion on um, the WWE not using pyro anymore. I think that's, that's horrible. <laughs> Well, a couple things. Do they? Uh, I've noticed a little bit of pyro not happening. Did they completely kill the pyro? That I, I haven't. They, they didn't do it at all. Doing, even during the pay per view, the the, um, the great ball of the fire. Because right. when Brock Lesnar came out, he didn't, he didn't have no pyro. That's, well, there's a couple couple things though. A couple things though. Do why that could be the case. And thank you for calling, Brandon. I appreciate it. Um, sometimes, if you notice, pyro happens. Sometimes it don't. Now, maybe Brandon's right. Maybe lately, it's just been no pyro. I, I have you noticed at all, or there hasn't been a lot of it. I don't know if it's been completely cut out, but it's definitely been cut back. Part of it is money. Every time that pyro blows off, no matter who it's for, and there's different budgets it's some of it costs more than other guys uh, i know i had pyro and i you know i know it wasn't cheap to blow off and 
Sometimes pyro is not just concussions, as they call it, explosions. Sometimes pyro is uh, could be effects. It could be smoke. Like I had a lot of smoke in my entrance, <clears throat> and I had a concussion too, meaning the, the explosion. But where some guys have like a louder concussion, or Kane has like flames on the ring post with a concussion, um, uh, that's more money than my pyro. Or Maybe Undertaker's pyro with all flames and this or that, whatever was more. Maybe, you know, whatever. Uh, you know, uh, Chris Jericho's pyro was less than mine or more than mine. Who knows? My point is there's diff- there are different prices they cost. Now, they don't tell the wrestlers how much it costs. I've heard from a few people, because I knew the pyro guys a little bit, that it, it definitely could cost several thousand dollars every time they pull off pyro. One time. Now, just imagine, you kick off Pyro to start the show, which has got to be big money. When they kick, they, remember, you'd always see the start of Raw, SmackDown, just tons of Pyro. Dude, it's got to be, like, that, that had to be probably eight, nine, ten thousand dollars $10,000 every time. I'm not kidding you. Because I've seen the Pyro guys, and they set up, like, the day prior. They have their own room, the Pyro room. Like, they have so much stuff. And Vince McMahon is paying for this. You know? So that's number one, right? The Pyro itself, which just gets blown off. It's just a quick effect that no one thinks about. And that right there could be the reason why you don't see it as much uh, because of the cost. And also, a lot of people don't realize, and I'm here to smarten you up, <clears throat> is just about uh, always, every state you're in, um, and I've seen a lot of the country too, there's a fire marshal that comes in and has to see either a rehearsal or see what you're blowing off, what it's going to be like because there's different laws and if it's like inside of a building that you're gonna have fireworks. You can't just go, okay, we're gonna just blow off a concussion in three, two, one. All right, there it is. It's not that simple. You gotta get clearance on that. You got, you know, 20,000 people in a building or 10,000 people. Let's just blow off some M80s. <laughs> hey, get that blockbuster, you motherfucker. Yeah, you can't do that. It's impossible. You should have pyro here in a Taz show, Dennis. Imagine. Me and Ant doing Roman candle fights. It's always you and Ant running around. Well, I don't want to shoot at you. Yeah. We're expendable. If one of us loses an huh. eye or JPPs ourselves, yeah, we'll be all right. Very expendable. I actually think you'd do better with mixing the, cl- the with audio. The club? No, if if you uh, taped your hands up and just used your hands like they were like hammers. Like we got some red tape here. Red tape, it's perfect for you. Big Red Jones, just tape up your hands and yeah. While you're at it, throw some tape over your mouth. Nick uh, from Salem, line Nick two. Nick from Salem, uh, line two. All right, so uh, we haven't heard from him. <laughs> As I said, he's been tied up. Will you stop? Um, so what was I talking about? Oh, the pirate. pirate. Yeah, so that that could be the issue right there, dude. Is the cost and also maybe the fire marshal thing. Maybe they're, I don't know, maybe they're getting shut down in certain buildings. I've seen it where there's certain times you can't have it. Dude, I've t- I told the story, I think, a long time ago here. Bro, one time um, I was wrestling for WWE. I don't know if it was on SmackDown or, or like Jacked or Metal, one of those shows. I think it was SmackDown before I was a commentator and they blew off my pyro. I don't remember who I was wrestling. And they had all smoke in the, at least to put orange, like they put smoke with like an orange light on, so like orange smoke. And um, in the alleyway and stuff, you know. (laughs) 
and I don't know what was going on, but like the ventilation system in the building completely sucked. I think we're in Louisville at we're at uh, University of Louisville, where the basketball team plays in, the, in their arena, which is nice. But the ventilation was horrendous, and I I think it was a situation if they turned it on, it was super loud, so they didn't want to put it on because you know it would affect you know the the broadcasts. So it was very loud. So the smoke as I'm wrestling, just, you know, that'd be the worst thing in the world. They have that kind of audio issue. It'd be a nightmare. But you can't hear what's going on out there. I'm wrestling, dude. We're wrestling, and it, the smoke is so thick. <laughs> and it, and I I'm trying not to laugh. The ref, we're trying not to laugh. It's not affecting. Are all. you in there? Like it's like it's fans are like. Can't see. You hear people yelling like it <laughs> was hysterical. Uh, I don't know if it made TV, and I don't remember. That's the other thing. When you work for WWE, like, and you wrestle on TV, and you wrestle, like a lot of times you're on the road so much. When you get home, like you don't even watch sometimes. Like you, t- you need a break. You need a break from wrestling. You need a break from the road. You want to spend time with your family. <clears throat> a lot of stuff I wouldn't even watch. Um, so especially as a commentator, I, I, I just, you just, you just, you're doing so much voiceover work. You just need a break. Speaking of break, we're going to break. Segway Jones. We're entering the fourth quarter, kids, of the Tash Show, this Thursday edition. We will be, rumor has it, on Facebook Live at facebook.com slash the Tash Show. On the other side of the break, take some more phone calls and wrap this biatch up. Taz Show, sit tight. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. All right, we're very busy here. A lot to do. Fourth quarter coming at you right here in this Thursday edition. It's a very, very busy show. I'm going to get into uh, talking about doing some spitball with sports. I'm going to tell you, be careful when you go to a baseball park in the United States of America and you eat because you can get very sick. I'm going to explain the problems of those dangers. Uh, also going to take a couple of phone calls here. Saying hello to f- people on Facebook Live at uh, Facebook.com slash The Taz Show. Very busy, no shit guy, all business. Okay, so um talked a lot earlier about um, a lot of wrestling stuff. Some thoughts and opinions on NXT. Gave some detail on that for the most part. And talked about the top of the show for those that are just joining us now. Um, a lot about this whole thing is Vince McMahon mad at Nakamura because of the the potential dangerous injury that almost happened to John Cena. And I hate to toot my own horn, but toot toot. I told you Vince would be upset, and rumor has it he is. Um, so, I get into long detail about that, so if you're just joining now, check out the audio on demand later, or the video on demand of segment one, and you'll hear it, and see it, and feel it. So, that's the deal on that. Um, I took care of all that, took care of that, took care of this, took care of that. Oh, our old friend from Germany, Wolfgang. You're on the Taz Show. What do you say there, Haas? Hello, Taz and crew. Thank you for taking my call. You're very welcome, my German friend. Uh, it's been a long time. You've been okay, pal? Yes, uh, I work a lot, so I only got the chance to listen to the AOD. Oh, you're still supporting the show and listening to the show and downloading it, correct? Yes, and I order my... Uh, K-word uh, T-shirt, and I K-word. received it last week. 
Nice. That's the Sound Effects Store shirt he's speaking of. It's Kayfabe Audio. Um, you can yes. find those at ProWrestlingTees.com backslash T-A-Z. <laughs> he's a promotion machine. Uh, that's it. That's it, Wolfgang. He knows how to do it, Dennis. Um, so, yeah, I appreciate you supporting the show, bro. As you know, I do. I mean, uh, make sure you share, like it, and spread it. What's it again, Dennis? How do you say it? Subscribe, rate, and review. Are you, do you do the Facebook uh, stuff, Wolfgang, or no? Uh, no, I'm uh, not doing that. I no, I'm uh, IG guy. You 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 IT what? May IG I follow you. Oh, Instagram, Instagram IG. You give me the inside social media chatter. I got IG Instagram for all those jobbers that don't know what uh, my man right here Wolfgang saying. Okay, Wolfgang. So what do you want to talk about? What's up, buddy? Uh, I want to talk about SummerSlam. Uh, they announced on Monday. Uh, the kickoff show will two hours long, and uh, the SummerSlam event will four hours long. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa! Hold on a second. Back up a minute. Hold on. Did you just say that they said the kickoff show is going to be two hours? Yes, on Monday night, Raw they announced it. The Dennis. kickoff show two hours, and SummerSlam four hours. Wait a minute, Dennis, is this true? Yeah, it's going to be a holy buckle shit. up. I, I got a lot going on, and you never know. I don't want to say too much here, Wolfgang. But on Sunday, someone might be busy at night. That's all I'm saying. I don't want to say too much just yet. So I can get in trouble if I say too much. 96%. Don't push it. <laughs> all right. Wolfgang, are you there? Yes. Uh, uh, I want to say that's uh, too long. Uh, I don't understand... Uh, mm. The point of it, I know they want uh, to get all the championships on the card, and yeah. there's a lot of matches, but four hours is much too long, in my opinion. Uh, I agree, and I'll tell you why they do that, Wolfgang. It's be- and I've talked about this before, uh, and and I love the man. He's great. He's done a lot for me in my career early on, but not early on, but during my time at WWE. And I'm speaking of Vince McMahon. Vince feels that. <sighs> Everyone is dialed in and has nothing else going on in their life and is all obsessed with WWE like he is, that, that they could just put that amount of time in or want that amount of time. And that's the truth. He He's that passionate about his brand and his company and what he does that that's the reason. And thank you for calling, uh, Wolfgang. He uh, That's definitely got to be a Vince call. To, to, that's a long pre-show. It's, that's a show. It's not even a pre-show. And I respect that, Vince, his passion for the business. I do, but that's a lot. That is a lot. A lot, a lot. I didn't know that. Dennis, were you aware of that? I, I feel like Michael Cole had said it. He was like, tune into It was like one of those, uh, I don't know what the, the television term, but when, like, mm. in between matches, they're, they're showing the announcers, and they're just kind of, like, the, lower, the yeah. lower graphic, and they're like, oh, tune in for the pre-show. It's Way too much. two hours long. <laughs> Looking at the uh, Facebook Live. Hello, everybody on there. Uh, thank you for joining the show on Facebook Live at facebook.com slash the Taz Show. Uh, see you guys on there chatting it up. Going to get some blue thumbs up, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. We love you, Taz, in the best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Uh, appreciate that. Um, uh, so I'm going to get a little spitball on with sports here in a second. I watched a little bit of the football game yesterday. It was the Houston Texans versus the Carolina Panthers. Cam Newton did not play. Um, I'm going to get into that in a second, though. Some spitball. And also, I'm going to tell you about these baseball park issues. Uh, Chan Man uh, from Los Angeles, Sean the Taz Show. What do you say there, Haas? Taz, Lumberjack. Love you both. What's up, big guy? Love you. 
First of all, congrats on that big, beautiful, badass bamboozle before Brooklyn Bonanza blowout thing. Close. Beautiful thing. We're close. We're not there yet, dude. We're just a couple percentage off. Yeah, what were we at, 96%? Yeah. Um, 0.5. 0.5, yeah. We're at the 0.5 okay. now. I'm nervous, though, Chan, because I've seen the wool, uh, the carpet get pulled out from under me before. <clears throat> Somebody on Facebook Live, Jeremy Stokely. Chan! Well, exclamation point. You got a fan base here, sir. Yes. People love you, unless that's you on a second account. Uh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> What's up, buddy? I love those people. I love those people I on love, Facebook, He too. loves everybody, this guy. All right. Yeah. What's going on, buddy? <laughs> So I wanted to see uh, what you thought of the commentators uh, for the NFL because I cannot stand uh, Chris Collinsworth's voice. Horrible. Oh, man. Hor- yeah. I, 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 I want to take a butter knife and just, just just saw, chop up my Achilles tendon on my ankle with a butter knife when I hear him talk. Yeah. I, I, I want to hurt anything. It drives me nuts. <laughs> I hate him. Uh, and the other guy, and the guy that's with him, and the guy that's with him, the friggin' Al Michaels, that guy is the most entitled, egotistical blowhard there is in broadcasting. Okay, how's that? Is he really? Is, is it? Oh. <laughs> I, never, oh. I never got that. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. No, it's all, yeah. Shut up. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, I, I can't stand Chris Collinsworth's voice. Like, just the way he sounds. He's got very great hands and he's very agile. I don't like how he sounds. Yeah. Like, Al, Al, I want to stick a screwdriver Al, in my ear. Al Michaels, who do you have a beat? Please give me a break. <laughs> Al Michaels with his, with his uh, black spray painted haircut. <laughs> That's funny. Bitch. I'll tell you what, I, some of the commentators I really hate more than them. Um, <clears throat> You know, I used to listen to Phil Sims a lot over here. You know, you know, he's a giant, you know, great giant quarterback. From the Moorhead State, you know, and sometimes I'd hear him call Jet Games on CBS. He would gear a little bit; it would annoy me, but I, I respect Phil. You know, uh, yeah. he was pretty good. He wasn't bad. I, I do like Troy Aikman. I like. I think Troy Aikman does a good job. I'm sure Dennis I hates can't him. Stand Troy, Troy Aikman. Really? He, he's always yeah. He's always using that cliche uh, that drives me nuts. He says like, "Des Bryant is as good as any receiver in the league." Well, dude, so if you, lo- you don't want he's... cliches, they're listening to WWE announcer. There's cliches that they, they, they smother you with cliches. You kidding me? Yeah, no, I, I get it. But when when he always says he's as good as as any receiver, so he's as good as the third string wide receiver and on the Browns. Is that what you're saying? Like <laughs> any get, receiver? I don't, I don't he said that. any receiver. He did say any. Um, <laughs> I don't like Joe Buck yourself. Yeah. Uh, that yeah, I, don't I don't like. like. Joe Buck yourself either. Yeah, Nick Nick either. Hesley uh, just said thoughts on Joe Buck. Uh, Joe Buck yourself. I don't like him. I um there's a guy here uh, uh you know who I jeez oh, who I brought the college football is different. I mean I I love Brett Musburger. What's his name from Ohio State? What's his name? With the Kirk, Herb Herb, Herb Herbie's the best. I love Herb Street. Um I do you watch college football channel not really. A little bit. Yeah. I watch NFL more. All right, cool. As far as the NFL, I'm trying to think who else on uh, the main games, uh, give me some names. I'll give you a reaction. Uh, we got uh, Buck and Aikman. Um, what about regional here in New York? We got what's his name? Iron Eagle. I do like Iron. Yeah, Eagle, I like yeah. Iron Eagle. You know, you don't know him, do you? He does jet games. You don't know him, Chan, do you? No, I, I know who Iron Eagle is. Okay, yeah. yeah. He... Jim Nance. Jim Nance uh, is. I like Jim Nance. Some people don't. Great. I like yeah, him. Greg Gumble. Greg Gumble. Oh, Greg Gumble. No, I don't think he does that anymore. I think he's been out of the game for about uh, 20 years, Shan. I, I think uh, Greg Gumble. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think he's still, isn't he still there? <laughs> I don't know about that, dude. I think he's out of the game. I, 
<coughs> Dick Stockton. Yeah. Oh, who, who's that one uh, college, uh, the, the guy that gets excitable, that, that guy I like? Who you doing, Brett Musburger? Gus Johnson. No, no. Oh, Gus Johnson yeah, from Gus Fox? Johnson, yeah. Gus Johnson's oh, awesome. A little too much for me, a little too much. <laughs> he's a little too much. He's a little too much. No, he's a little too much. I, I like, uh, there was a guy, Mike, I think it was Mike Patrick, used to work for ESPN. He's gone now. I don't know where he is. He used to do college football. You don't know him, Chan. I, I'll tell you who you know and you don't know. How about that? Um, <laughs> no, no, most people don't know him. Dennis has this perplexed look on his face. No, I like Mike Johnson. He would always do the, the noon uh, Mike, ESPN game. Mike Patrick, yeah. Mike, Mike, Mike Johnson. Johnson. Mike I do like Mike Johnson, Mike though. Mike Johnson. <laughs> Good moment, sir. I do like Mike Johnson. Mike, Mike Johnson. Patrick. Chan, how about Mike Johnson, the real one, begging to be on the Big Bamboozle from Brooklyn? Did you see that? Uh, yeah, that was, that was great. That was sad. Is uh, Katie going to be gone, or is she still going to be on No, it? no, Katie, she begged me, too. She 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 was uh, all over me yesterday. Yeah, she'll be here. Don't worry about yeah. it. She's going to be watch here tomorrow. Watch your phrasing. <laughs> she'll be here tomorrow, too, Katie. You'll have uh, Katie tomorrow. Katie Lindahl and Taz show. Yep, yep. <laughs> so, yeah, well, that's it. Uh, who else we got? Chris Berman. We got Frank uh, Bonam- Bonumo saying Chris Berman. Is Chris Berman still doing the NFL? No, right? No, last uh, year was he, his he only, does the, he only does the day, uh, the, the opening day, like yeah. the second Monday night game. That's rumbling, bubbling, rumbling, bubbling, rumbling, bubbling. He used to come up with <laughs> 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 yeah, nah, he's pretty funny. He's entertaining. I liked him though. But uh, well, I appreciate it, buddy. Thank you, Chan. I appreciate that. Uh... Oh, here we go. Ed Heron on uh, Facebook Live said Mike Patrick has his own sports trivia show, Sports Jeopardy. Oh, wow. No, that's Dan Patrick. Oh, okay. I'll take that back. Thanks, Mr. Heron, for making me look like an idiot to my producer. Appreciate that. No, Mike Patrick. He kind of looks like Jr. a little he, bit. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. Uh, Ahmed, uh, in D.C., you're on the Taz Show. What do you say to the house? Good moment, Taz team and Taz. How we doing? Yeah, what's up, buddy? How are you? Doing well. Thank you for asking. I just want to get my off the hooks and touch on Nakamura, even though you hit on the first segment. Yeah, go for it. All right, so the first one, the rolling appetizer. We got the classic spring roll versus the classic egg roll. All right. Hey, you can't go wrong. You go right into a rolling match number one. Got it. Next? Next, we got Brock. We lost you, buddy. Say it again. Hello? Ahmed? Ahmed? Mystery. Test, test, one, one. Hello, one, two, testing. Testing, Ahmed. Ahmed. Test, one, two. Thanks for coming. Damn. I want to hear his other two. Well, there's always tomorrow. He's gone. Dennis, why are you perplexed that on a radio show sometimes calls drop? It's just, uh. You're like, what, 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 what? I love hearing Chinese food off the hooks. You get a little excited. You're all perking up. I would say that Ant's best contribution to the show. Oh, the Chinese food off the hook. We might have to do a volume two. We're digging for something here. (laughs) All right. I got to get some spitball in here. And uh, three, two, excuse me, two, one. Nobody provides wrestling insight quite like Dabs. More than just a wrestling expert, he's breaking down the big game, down, the X's and O's, giving you the hardball analysis you won't find anywhere else. He's knocking it out of the park. Jeez, did you use enough cliches there? The Tad Show presents Spitballing with Sports. <laughs> just stick to wrestling. So we got the the Mets. Uh, my Mets lost to the Rangers five to one. That's not even the big picture. William Flores, Wil- Wilma Flores, the man with a woman's name, first name, Wilma. Wilma! The Flintstones. The solo home run. He's the only one for the Mets. Um, 
That's the, that's not the big picture. The big picture for me with the Mets, I said that earlier. I mean, Anthony would talk about a little bit. The Mets traded outfielder Jay Bruce <clears throat> to the Indians for a minor league relief pitcher named Ryder Ryan, which is a tongue twister. Rye Rye, that's what we're going to call him from now on. Rye Rye, Ryder Ryan. Hey, Rye Rye. Look, I did my research. This is not a good move. Jay Bruce. And jump in here. Was it Jay Bruce? Is he was he one of the leading hitters that we had? Yeah, I, I, the deal get what they got back isn't what really killed me. Is that they traded him and now we most likely won't be able to sign him back. I know. You know this kid Ryder Ryan. You realize that he's like a converted infielder from infield. He was an infielder that is trying to be a pitcher. He's not even like a full blown pitcher. Yeah, I, I looked it up last night, and all the the highlights you have is like him hitting. Like batting practice, and it's like I thought this guy was a pitcher. We call that BP in the game, by the way. Batting practice. Don't just say batting practice. Use the inside terms. BP is a term. Um, yeah, dude, the guy is not even like a full-blown pitcher. What? What? This is not a good deal. This, it, it's not a good deal. It's to just be bad. fair, though, Jacob Degrom was a shortstop when we drafted him. Okay, but that's different. Trying to be a pitcher where you're running the game on a hill. Trying to strike guys out and sitting and, and catching. Catching is hard. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not discrediting that. But I, I just think it's a bad move. I the mean, sky it, is falling either way. Yeah, oh, we're done. <laughs> Forget about it. I mean, the Indians agreed to pick up uh, <clears throat> Jay Bruce's uh, money, roughly $4.2 million left on his contract. Uh, so the Mets don't have to pay that. Now, the Mets, apparently, uh, the, the Yankees came with the Mets wanting Jay Bruce to be a DH. Did you notice, uh, Dennis? I you had told me before the show, and I looked at they were willing to give up three prospects. Yeah. yeah, and the Mets said no. Yeah, Mets just don't want to help the Yankees just to save some cash. Uh, speaking of the Yankees, the Yankees beat the Blue Jays eleven to five. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, that's really it on that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Gary Sanchez and Todd Frazier go back to back in the second inning, yard, yard, and uh, Didi he went three for five with a solo home run. I like Didi. I like he's him. Awesome. He is really good. I mean, he's starting to make people, I don't want to say forget about Derek Jeter, but, you know, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's never going to happen. No, I'm a huge Jeter fan. I'm not, I'm not saying that. Uh, so, anyway, uh, the Yankees, uh, yeah, they won. Oh, what that noise is. I don't know what we're doing. I don't know what is happening, folks, about hydration, but I'm ready. <laughs> I can tell you that right now. I'm hydrating like a son bitch up here. Uh, also, um, we have some uh, the players' nicknames. You heard about this, some of you people. On the back of their jerseys. I think we have a tweet here to show you guys. The guy in the Seattle Mariners, number 55, uh, he's rocking it. Okay, that's, I can't even see what the hell he's showing me. What is that? MLB and MLB Players Association announced the creation of Players Weekend, set to take place August 25th. Did you see the, August 27th. the 55 jersey? Not Brian Bosworth from Seattle Seahawks, Seattle Mariners. One of the fans, I can't remember who, I apologize who you are, sent me a tweet. Look at Dennis. I, I don't know what he's talking about. I don't know. I don't know. I don't. Yeah, because you don't do your, your due diligence as a producer. He's got TAZ on the back of his jersey, homeboy. Yeah, that's right. I did not see that. Uh, go check out the Seattle Mariners, my friend, number 55. Who is 55 on the Mariners? I don't even know who that is. And I want to talk to you guys about the Little League World Series a little bit. It's going to piss some people off, but I got some thoughts and opinions on that. Before I get into that, I want to tell you guys, I was talking about... Um, when you go to a ballpark in the United States, be careful what you eat. Because um, they did a thing here, Sports Illustrated, where they, like, the, what was it, like the food services in our country 
gave certain stadiums violations. Or yeah, like health code violations. Health code, yeah, some are critical violations. So Tony Zitch was that guy's name. Tony Zitch, Nick's. Hey, what do you say there, Nick's? Tony Zitch. It's a great name. Sounds like such a work name. Tony Zitch. Little name's probably like Anthony. Well, he's using, he's using Taz on the back, so now I'm going to use Tony Zitch. That's my alias. Not, not, everybody knows I'm loose ass. Now I'll be Tony Zitch after that. Um, Safeco, if you're going to go eat at a ballpark, speaking of Mariners, go to Safeco. It's safe to eat there. Yes. Okay, it got total violations of five, critical violations one. Now, Dennis, does this concern you as a big eater? Uh, see, you would expect me to say yes, but because I'm such a large eater, mm. and, I'm, and I'm a big proponent of, you need to build your immune system. So you got to eat at the nasty places yeah, well, and then let your insides do the work. Well, that means if you want to do that, you need to get on a plane, buddy. Fly down south and go check out your Tampa Bay Rays. Tropicana Field, ladies and gentlemen, is the big loser. Don't go eat at Tropicana Field. Total violations, 241. Holy crap. That's insane, dude. Insane. What are you nuts? <laughs> what are you people doing? Dude, they had 105 critical violations. Ballpark food safety rating of 5.58. Holy crap. With a staggering 105 critical violations in 2017, Tropicana Field brings up the rear in our rankings. Two food entities, the catering kitchen and the stand outside section of 303, tailed over 20 violations each. They said uh, the violations range from observed presence of live insects to black mold. Oh, my God. That's disgusting. Dear God. Uh, accumulating inside an ice bin. Holy shit, that's gross, man. An employee was observed handling hot dogs and cash without washing his hands in between. You pig bastard, you. You realize that money is the dirtiest thing you could touch because of all the hands it goes through? And most germs that we all have as humans are on our friggin' hands. Put on some gloves, son, and give him a hot dog, bitch! <laughs> Wow. Brutal. And who's right next to the Tampa Bay Rays? Huh? Going out to Cali. 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 We're going out to Cali. Oh, no. You're going to get diarrhea. And that, <laughs> that's the Oakland Ace. Okay. Uh, Oakland, uh, Oakland, Alameda County Coliseum. 131 violations. 63 critical. We're on the cusp of quarter five here. Fifth quarter city. I'm just rolling. Uh, Orioles, oh, I love seeing that. I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of the Orioles. Orioles are at 26. Dude, they had 264 violations of Baltimore Orioles. Camden Yards. You got to love this because you're a Yankee fan. You hate the Orioles. You hate them. I do hate the Orioles. I've been to Camden before, though. The park was nice, and it's I nice. had food there. So. Shocking. <laughs> yeah, so it's um, critical violations at Camden deal primarily with the access to hot water and various hand sinks. Delaware North, the company that runs concessions at Camden Yards, wrote in a statement that the water had not been turned on in the building before inspection and all issues raised were fixed before opening day. That's not bad, but this part is. Rodent, that means rats, infestation, did I say that word right? Infestation. Correct. Was observed at multiple stands and classified non-critical uh, violations. There's rats running around. Look, let me tell you people about rats, okay? And anywhere there's food, 
anywhere, especially big places like here in Manhattan. Dude, there's probably more rats in Manhattan than there are humans. I mean, there's rats and mice anywhere there's food. You go to the fanciest restaurants, trust me, they got it. They got it. It's going to happen. But when you got a guy handing me, all right, here's your five singles, buddy. Here's your change. Pop, 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 pop. Oh, what do you need, Jack? You need a hot dog? Yeah, let me grab that bun for you and rub it on my ass in the process. Oh, no thanks. Can you lick the hot dog, sir, please? Lick it for me. Oh, crap. Anyway, you have any questions or comments on this? Uh, you want to know where the Yankees and Mets were on the list? Sure. Yankees were at 21. There were, ooh, uh, inspectors handed out citations at over... Wait, you said the Yankees were at 21? Yes. That's uh, not good. No. Not good. Over a dozen food entities around the ballpark for obs- observation of flies and improper vermin proofing. Ooh, vermin stuff. Herman's is- well, that means, though, they have spider monkeys that are shitting on the food. That's what that means. Vermin. Vermin! You ever heard uh, your said to me, Sam? Ah, ver- yeah, yeah. Somebody you said. vermin! What do you say? Something like that, right? You vomit! Oh, I, think it was vo- I think it was more vomit. You vermin! Oh. Oh. You vermin! <laughs> Vern. Hey, Vern. Vern Lundquist! Um... <laughs> Welcome to Saturday afternoon football. CBS. <laughs> Mark Loth, dirty water dog, dirty water dogs outside Yankee Stadium are the best. I bet you, dude. And he's not yeah, wrong. wrong. He's not wrong. He's not wrong. Just right outside of Manhattan, same thing. I bet you, those are probably cleaner than what's going on in the stadium. I would bathe in dirty water dog juice. That's awesome. That's how clean, cleanliness that is. Uh, uh. City Field was at sixteen. We should have did this. Vomit! David Burns said he said vomit. You vomit! Would you say City Field was what? City Field was at 16. Um, we beat the Yankees or something? Yeah, you did. Yeah! Yes! Yeah, suck it, Yankee! <laughs> <laughs> we beat you in something. Damn right, yeah! Man, we're in fifth quarter. I, I got things to do. I got I to do the Little League stuff and I'm out of here. Who was number one, Arturo Tuovo Jr.? I said number one, sir. Number one, the safest place to eat is Safeco. Hello, get the name? Safeco? Safe? Yes. Get it? Safeco, Seattle Mariners. Um, Seattle Seahawks. Uh, Mariners, I mean. Gerald R., Taz, what happened to the Taz show Mets jingle? Nothing happened to it. We still have it. You will hear it soon. We are not a robot. He wants to hear the Mets jingle. Play it now, Lumberjack. What are you doing? <laughs> damn it! <laughs> we are robots. Yeah, damn right we are. Right off and greet the show. We beat the Yankees in health code violations. No, he, he likes the Yankees. Seth is a Yankee. Perfect, my little league I've ever The best! Yeah. So, speaking of Little League, let this rock and roll here. So, uh, Little League World Series, man, it's been all over the place, man. They were everywhere. Oh, the Little League World Series going on. Everybody's talking about it. Oh, yeah. Every year, you do it up there in Williamsport, Pennsylvania. Beautiful, beautiful area, Pennsylvania. 
Okay, so we have some tweets about this, I believe, a little bit World Series, because I am going to rip it. Yeah. Um, every, every year, obviously, the Little League World Series takes over the uh, middle of August and late August by storm. So with that comes some of the funnier characters you meet. The kids are becoming more and more self-aware. The first kid we have is Boog Powell is his name. This guy... I'm just gonna and just throw up the graphic, and this kid is—he's oh. five foot two, two hundred and twenty pounds. Dude, is that your little league photo? Come on, Big D. Hey, hey Dennis. I mean, hey. that kid—that's gotta be. That kid's old enough to be Dennis's son, so. And he's also tall enough. See, here's the problem. No, this. <laughs> here's the problem. Here's the problem. This is perfect for my problem with the Little League World Series. Okay, and so Boo Powell played for, didn't he play for the Orioles, the original, back in the day? Yes, that's correct. Yeah, he was a big man. <clears throat> so, the thing is, okay, the thing is, you have another tweets before I go into my diatribe? Well, there's another one, the, this one's not, I mean, it's funny. Uh, the kid's name, I want to say, I want to get it right, it's like Brian. Brian Daruki? His name's Ben Diebler. And you know how they do those? Uh, they do the lower third graphics, as we just saw with Boog, where it's like height, weight, blah, blah, blah. They ask these kids, like, favorite favorite activity. Like, what do you like to do before the game? This kid, one of the best things you could possibly say, uh, has a crush. I, I got Has a crush on his teacher. And then it says in parentheses, sup, Miss Stevens. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> He's a player. This kid just comes out there on ESPN and just flat out asks his teacher out. <laughs> he's, he's hooking up his... You got to shoot your shot. That kid's funny. He went one for two for a double. That's not bad. So here's the thing. Here's the problem. Second base <laughs> with Miss Stevens. I know. <laughs> Actually, I don't want to get her in trouble. <laughs> yeah, please. So here's the thing. Look, everybody has fun. They got to... Well, oh, Lily Wilson, these kids are so cute. Oh, my God. This is so cute. I, I, look, I mentioned this a long time ago here, I think. Maybe when the show first started a couple of years ago. This is not cute. Okay, this is not cute. It's not funny. Mean the Little League World Series. It's not good what they do, and they need to reevaluate rapidly the size of the field. These kids are playing on sixty-foot bases. I'm sorry, forty-six feet. Uh, wait, let me back up. The mound from the mound to home plate is forty-six feet. Correct. Correct. Okay. So, on, and the majors from the mound is uh, six feet six inches to home plate. Okay? Correct. 60-foot uh, bases is what they're playing on, as far as, you know, from the run from first base, second base, second base, third base. Okay, 60-foot bases. That's a small field. That's a little league field for sure, but it's small, okay? Where in the pros, it's 90-foot bases. Now, there are fields that are 75-foot bases, okay? And the mound, I want to say, is 52 inches from home plate. What are you talking about, Taz? I'll tell you what I'm talking about. This shit is dangerous, okay? A 46-foot mound from the hill to home plate is why kids get hurt playing Little League because they're using composite bats still, correct, Dennis? Correct. Okay, what's a composite bat? I'll tell you what a composite bat is. It's composite metals. It's aluminum bat, metals that are a mixture of metals. And in, in these bats is a trampoline effect. It's a spring almost. So when the ball hits the bat, it, it jumps off the bat more, gives it more distance. The bats are juiced in essence in general. You can go to any sporting store and buy your kid an aluminum baseball bat or, 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 or a composite bat, and it's the same type bat. So 
they're not cheating in essence. They're letting these kids play on small fields with these composite bats with this trampoline effect and the ball, they're hitting home runs like crazy because it's a short field, because it's a little field. And these kids, I think the the max age is 12, I want to say 12 years old or something like that, yeah, you'd right? you be 13 if you're born after a certain day. It's but crazy. That, it's, these fields are too small. You shouldn't be on that field once you're like past like 10, 10 years old, 11 years old. That, that field is too tiny. Line drive to a pitcher. I've seen it happen when my kid played Little League. It's not, not, it's a nasty, disgusting thing to witness. These fields are too small. You want to make it a real game, which they don't, because no one's going to watch it if they give these kids wood bats. So what happens when they give them wood bats? Well, the ball doesn't bounce off the bat as much as it does when it's wood. There's, there's not a lot of pop in it, unless it's a maple bat. People like that. This motherfucker knows about bats. I know my stuff. Dennis, are you impressed yet? I'm being impressed, yes. I'm in the process of, of the impression. That's interesting. No one cares. So here's the thing. <laughs> Why won't they make the field bigger? Well, because then there'll be less home runs. If there's less home runs, there's less people watching on ESPN. There's less hype. Okay, why won't they give them wood bats? Well, same reason. The ball won't jump off the bat as quick. There'll be less hits. Okay, college baseball. I don't want to say all, but most of college D1 baseball, they use composite bats. Now, they're playing on a major league-sized field with a 60-foot, 6-inch mound and 90-foot bases. But they are using composite bats in college. Um... I think most high school does too, and they're on a full-size field too. Catholic-based Catholic schools in New York, they use wood bats, okay, just like in the major leagues and the minor leagues. Now, when you use wood bat, it's a whole different animal. The ball, there's no real trampoline effect. So there's, the ball doesn't fly as much. Now, you're making a face that's like, you sure about that? Yeah, I'm kind of sure. You can get a juiced bat, but I'm saying the bats that you buy, if you buy your kid a wood bat, most of those bats, uh, if it's an oak bat, you know, maybe a maple bat. A lot of people use maple now. The ball bounces uh, off the bat better than oak, I believe. I think that is. I think. So, point is, the Little League World Series, I can't watch it. Because I think it's ridiculous. They're putting these kids on this small field. To be frank, most of these kids, you know, when they're in eighth grade, they're getting pulled up to the varsity anyway. They're, they're the best players in their towns. So, I don't know, if you're 12 years old, you're in 8th grade, maybe 13 years old in 8th grade, you're getting pulled up. You're in middle school. You're using, you know, you're playing on a big field. Most of these kids at that age are playing on a big field. When they go to Little League World Series, they're playing on a small field. You think, well, who cares? Well, I care because I don't want to watch this because it's freaking dangerous. I don't want to see a kid get hit in the face. I also think it's unfair to have to play in this little t-ball field. That's what it's like. So, uh, I just had to say that. Anthony, do you have any opinions on what I just said? I would go to wood, period. I know it's not a more entertaining game, but my little brother's been using wood in New York since he's like nine years old. What grade is he in now? He's in college now. He's going to be a sophomore. All right. And he, does he play baseball in college? Not, a, not anymore. But All he right. was, like, you know, he played for Zavarian in New York. But right. even when he wasn't playing during Catholic school, like in his summer leagues, they were using wood. Right. And the kids develop, I think, better by they doing do. that. I was just going to get into that. They do develop better uh, by using wood because it, it, it forces you to become a better hitter. 
And and when you have the the mound is 46 feet from the freaking home plate. Holy cow. Folks, I'm telling you. A kid that's 12 years old, that's maybe a bigger size kid, or a kid that can just hit, that's got fast hands, that ball will leave the barrel of that bat quick as shit and hit a kid in the face or chest and cause a major problem. Plus, the, the pitcher has very limited time to react to it. I'm telling you, man, it's a serious thing. You got to evolve the game a little bit here on the youth level. Put them on a bigger field. Force them to play on a bigger field. I'm not going to say force. I mean, the the, the, the network. Have ESPN uh, approve it and all this stuff. It's safer. And then you listen to the commentators in the booth talking about the game. Oh, look at this kid. It's going to be great. Stop. All those guys that are former major leaguers know that that field is a little shitty field. Give me a break. Darren Davies, Facebook Live, Taz is Universal in Sports. Correct. Professional and amateur. Try to run the effing game up in this bitch. Cover it all, Dennis. You sit there with your swami face all you want. Tiki can't do what I do. Tierney neither. Nobody breaks down the Little League World Series like Taz. I feel you're being sarcastic. Oh, I think that Ant, was he not just sarcastic? Dude, the sarcasm is bleeding out of you right now. Because he's a jelly sh- Jelly. Take two. No, he's I a, got you. I'm filled with he's jelly. He's a jealous shitty. A shit, that's why. <laughs> shitty. He's jealous. That's why. I miss playing Little League. I'm jealous of the kids. You miss eating the hot dog and potato chips. That was my favorite part of the game. Dennis One hit equals one hot dog. I'd go five for five. <laughs> Dennis was the coach's worst nightmare. Uh, James Smith Jr. Junior Taz. No. James Smith Jr. Taz, you played baseball? When I was a kid, I played. I was fair to Midland. I wasn't great. I was a better football player. I didn't play in high school. I wasn't good enough. I know my stuff. Um, you know. I know the game. I know, I know. I know a lot about a lot of things. I'm very intelligent. Aaron Kendrick on the Facebook Live. I gotta get that Rover hat. Well, Aaron, that's a very simple process, my friend. Maybe my producer can tell you where to purchase this hat that I'm wearing. I would love to, Taz. Aaron, simply go to prowrestlingtees.com/taz. Along with the rover hat in orange and black, you can find it in orange and gray. Uh-huh. Yeah, here it is. And you, look, the right. only thing better than a Taz hat would be to match it with some Taz merch. Maybe a uh, an E5L shirt that, that's coming out eventually. We got some We Over shirts running the games. New spitballing shirt. Oh. Cool blue for the cool summer. Yes. Uh, you know. I'm You're great at selling stuff. Uh, you really no, look at that. awesome. Spitballing. Locally grown and worldwide known. That's the Taz promise. Oh, there's a graphic. Coincidentally, look at that. <laughs> oh, we shill like a song bitch up here. You're damn right. The hat looks good backwards on you. Well, I'm wearing a hat backwards to show folks what's going on. The over puffed here. embroidery. Puffed says Taz short here in orange and black. I can't. I don't know if you can see it. No, you can. Here we go. The camera's uh, 66. That was a great blank stare. That's what I do, bro. Bring it. Can you read? Oh, so, seamless. I'm the hat sensei here. Up in here. Mad Hatter up in his biatch. 
I'm on delay. Look at the Facebook. I did the the cameo, sh- the the, 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 <laughs> the beauty shot into that camera right there. <laughs> the beauty shot. Oh shit, Shinola. Right. Well, anyway, so that's the deal. There's my take. Uh, so Taz, we'll be watching the League World Series later. It's <laughs> a resounding no. Not until they make the field bigger and use wooden bats. Jason Coupler, I'm taking a dump as I type. Awesome. <laughs> I hope everything's coming out all right. Need <laughs> not those intestines, son. Blow out at Yucca Flats. Vomit. Anyway, what do you think, Ant? We're doing it right over here. Everything's grand, sir. I know Make sure you share the show. I don't know he played baseball. I didn't know that. He actually is an athlete, unlike me. Now he's a very, he was a very good baseball player, a little undersized, mm. but now he wants to be a doctor. So not good for him. Where'd you go wrong? <laughs> I ask myself that every day. Well, you shouldn't talk, Dennis. I mean, all of your friends you tell me about are very successful and wealthy. Yeah, that's friends, family. Hmm. They all stuck, is that? <laughs> you go, family? Oh, man, my family's horrible. No, I love my family. Of course you do. My mother and my sister. You're a mouse. Um, girl set up balls for once. Anyway, that's great. Tell your sister and your mother I said hello. I will. Guys, Tess says what's up. Does this have red hair like you? Nah, uh, dirty, dirty blonde, brown, I don't know, something like that. I think they call that a strawberry blonde, sir. That's the, you have to tell me that's correct. No, she's not strawberry blonde, though. I'm the only redhead in my family. Oh, really? Does your mother know why that happened to you? Yeah, she said uh, when she was young, she was walking by a firehouse and she saw this baby in a stroller. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this looks nice. Will you stop? That's funny. Uh, <laughs> all right, well, there you go. That was the spitball of sports. <coughs> Excuse me. And on that note, uh, we're wrapping up here. So I appreciate everybody who joined the show. Uh, thanks so much. All right, and we'll be back at you tomorrow. Katie Lindahl will be the guest in studio. I'm Taz, you're not. We thank you. Share the show, spread it, link it, click it. What's it called? Please subscribe, then rate, and review. Yeah, that too. Uh, I'm Taz, you're not. Uh, thanks, guys. Talk to Got me wondering